Once again, we're back in the studio, the shed quarters, and I think that as he's got a, little, a special little treat from Forrester Estate Wines. Yeah, mate. Just uh, like to throw a shout out to Forrester Estate, Estate, uh, mate. Twenty years strong in the southwest of WA here. That's uh, two decades. Yeah, that, that is two decades, mate. Uh, they've jumped on board to support Barrel Surf Podcast, and mate, uh, me mate out there, Riley's just given us a quality 2019 Home Block Shiraz. Uh, it's got a bunch of medals on it, and it just won the best Shiraz at the Royal Perth Show. So uh, I don't know how many wines are in there. I think it's 780, but I could be making that figure up. But, uh, mate, it definitely won the best Shiraz. Nice. And, uh, mate, Forrester Estate are awesome. They make bloody good wines. They're supporting us. So if uh, any barrel surf pod gurus out there are uh, looking for a red wine, next time you're in the bottle go for some Forrester. Hook into it. Here we are, Saturday afternoon, Cheeky Monkey Brewery. The beers are flowing. I'm drinking the XPA. It's fucking delicious. And we've got Brendo here. Brendo, what's your favourite beer, mate, out of the uh, the new branding mate, series? The look, I'm most excited about what I've got in my hands, our new Hazy Pale. What I like about it is it takes everything we've learnt about doing big, hoppy, hazy, East Coast, New England-style IPAs, and we've distilled that down into a 4% ABV package. Now, I love my big, dumb beers as much as anyone. I promise you. But sometimes you want to be able to take a four-pack to a mate's barbecue, crush a four-pack and still be able to drive it two hours later. Um, But not be bored by what you're drinking. Traditionally, a lot of mid-strengths have been, look, lacklustre, boring, a little bit bland, beige. This punches hard uh, and it fills those cravings for me. Pretty sexy little package with the gold lid and the uh, gold uh, writing on it. Something we're pretty proud of. And if you want to get down and boogie on a Saturday night, what's your next uh, option? You know, moving on after a couple of those bad boys. Then I reckon you move on to a bigger a bigger dog. Um, I like the West Coast IPA, our flagship beer. Got a good resinous bitter hit to it. Clean, crispy, dry, so you don't get sick of it. Um, but at 6.5%, you know, she'll get the party started. There you go. So you've heard it here first from the manager of operations at Cheeky Monkey Beer. If you're going to a barbie and you've got to keep the family in check, get in here a new Hazy Pale. It's a new release. Uh, it's part of their core range. And if you've got a night away from the family and you want to carve up the dance floor, rip into some West Coast IPA. Beautiful. Yeah, boys. You. Thanks for tuning in to Barrel Surf Podcast. My name's Adzi. I'm uh, sitting in my shed this afternoon with an absolute frothing eternal grommet <laughs> by the name of Richie Myers. How are you, Richie? Good, Ads. How are you going? Yeah, good, mate. Thanks for coming Chilling. in. Um, yeah. I'm pretty excited to have you in here uh, because I reckon you've probably got about seven million and four stories <laughs> uh, spanning over a pretty long time. How old are you now, Richie? Um, I'm 65 now. 65. So, yeah, a lot of surfing stories and you've been a super frothing keen surfer for a very long time most of your life most of my life um you know started at an early age with my dad um taking me body surfing at the wedge where i was pretty scared shitless because i was a little little guy and he was pretty big and yeah 
Then um, that's that's the wedge in California. Yeah, the wedge obviously. in California. So all right, we'll we'll just jump straight into it. I was yeah. sort of going to do a little intro there, but yeah. we're pretty much done. So mate, let's let's just jump into it. Okay, we got a lot to cover. So yeah, so you grew up in California, born in California. Yeah, uh, when I was actually born in Billings, Montana. Right. Um, my dad was a professional baseball player, so he was on the, you know, played with the Dodgers back then, the Brooklyn Dodgers. And while he was there, I guess he met my mom, and then I came along. Yep. And, but I didn't really live there. I was just born there while he was on the, on the road. And then we moved to Redondo Beach, Southern California. And yep. then, obviously, with, I had an older sister. She was born in Montana also in a different town during that baseball thing. So we moved down there and um, always went to the beach as little grommets um, down at Torrance Beach and Redondo Beach. And I was a nice little boy, apparently, my mom told me. Really? <laughs> yeah, Mate, she told must, me. You must have had so much energy as a kid. I mean, you would get dis- prescribed ADD these days, I'm sure. Yeah, you, ADHD, ADHD yeah. and you are ADZ ads. I'm ADHD <laughs> and didn't really know Mate. about that. I knew I had, I, I, I just, you know, in the last few years, I finally diagnosed it. And just, oh, you did? I, well, I, was just I like, didn't. I had to get diagnosed. because uh, I, I was, was just making, making a joke. No, that's true. Because <laughs> you talk so fast and you walk so fast. It's and you very do true. Fast. It's very true. And it made my mom nervous. <laughs> it makes everybody I work with nervous. It makes myself nervous. But it's just a fact of life. And I've, I've always been that way. Um, yeah. I've been in the hospital since, you know, after besides being born. I think um, I've just always had, you know, been in the hospital like, had my stomach pump twice by the time I was four years old because crawling in cabinets and eating the wrong things because <laughs> oh I thought they were candy. You must have been a menace. And then crawling on the oak cabinet and it fell on my head and broke my head open. <laughs> and then I thought my mom thought I was dead. And just a lot of accidents since the day I was born, actually. Yeah, well, mate, you still move fast now. You've uh, got a lot of energy. You're like a Mexican jumping bean. For sure, and uh, we'll get on to that as well. Yeah. So you grew up Southern California, hanging at the beach, and you're saying your dad um, used to drag you out body surfing at the wedge, eh? Yes, he did. Um, but by like, then what, he was, was that he, like the '60s or '50s. That, or that was uh, um, yeah, late '50s. Yep. Um, er, and all through the '60s, he was uh, uh, more of a bureaucrat. By then, worked for the county of Orange, um, and he his baseball career was over by the time I was born. Yep. He had some, um anger management issues so he got kicked out of professional baseball for <laughs> being up an umpire put him in the hospital for a month <laughs> really yeah really and and so, um that was so he became you know a mormon you right. know and then we grew up being in the mormon church because that was his way of his rehab i guess yeah so it was kind of a not a very good childhood upbringing with a stepmom and all that and things so my outlet was to go to the beach by myself and um, just hang out by myself. Didn't have my friends really didn't surf because we already had school sports. Right. And to me, that was my you know surfing was an art to me and a way to get away from it all and get a peace of mind. I never did it for a sport. I just you know I did wrestling and and my dad wanted me to do baseball, but um, so I just hang out at the beach all the time and did my own thing. So if you were just doing it by yourself, then um, how, you know, how did you get your first board and, and all that sort of stuff? And who, who got you into surfing then? Um, I got myself into surfing. Uh, it was my own thing when I'd go back and forth 
between my real mom and my step parents, um, they kind of it, it was a bad upbringing. It wasn't a very good family out, outlook. So I'd yeah. every when my mom would get to get me for the weekend, I went to Santa Monica Pier and she'd rent me a board down at Santa Monica Pier with her driver's license, all that, and just the worst crappy ways. But right off the bat, I just kind of just stood up my first closeout wave and made it, and I was hooked from then. And then I just couldn't wait to go see my mom every weekend, every weekend. And she finally bought me a con surfboard that was on Pico Boulevard down there. And I was hooked for life and never. Awesome. And then. Well, I mean, I guess, uh, I mean, California was almost the epicenter of surfing in the 50s and 60s. It was a huge culture there, wasn't there? Very huge. Yeah. So tell us a bit about that. What was was the scene like back then? Well, it was a big scene. I didn't really um, understand it at first, obviously, because I was. Pretty like young. I said, my friends didn't surf. I was on the wrestling team. Yeah. Um, and my, everybody's into the, you know, the sports, you know, like baseball, football, and all those kind of things. And so my little way to get away from everybody is just to surf, surf, surf. So I taught myself to surf. I did my own thing. They didn't have videos back then or, or whatever. We didn't have leg ropes. And I'd go surfing before school because then we moved to Huntington Beach every day. And I, all I could think about is surfing, surfing, surfing. And that actually helped my wrestling um, because instead of working out in the weight room, I yep. was surfing and I was fit as ever. So I became a pretty um, good wrestler and, you know, got, got in the CIF, which is, you know, um, one of the higher parts of the sport. Yep. So I was, I was pretty much a champion wrestler in my high school. Yep. And, um, and the surfing is what helped me. And then I got some of my wrestling friends into surfing. And then those are my first surfing mates I ever had. Yeah, right. Oh, cool. And um, so, mate, can you remember your first proper wave then? Like when you sort of got a nice clean bit of face and a good trim yeah, on? Yeah. Um, right down the street from me at Brookhurst in Huntington Beach. It's right by the old river jetty. That it's, it's a really used to be a really famous surfing spot down there. I remember that the wave would break out of the back. I'd cut, catch the white water, and it would reform. And by the time I got up, it would reform into this gnarly tubular dumper. Oh, sick! And but since I got to my feet, I learned how to trim and just pull in and keep my eyes open. Yeah. I remember I saw a thing on Surfing Magazine or Surfer, George Greeno, and you and he, somebody said, "Keep your eyes. Don't don't go on the tube and and close your eyes. Keep <laughs> them open and have the vision." Yeah. And Ever since then, all I did is I didn't care if it was closed out. I went to a hollow beach break. And I just practiced getting tube, getting tube, getting tube. Keep my eyes, eyes open, eyes open, eyes open. Never come out. Yep. But you just get your trim down and, and your tube stance. And that was the thing that made me the most stoked. Yeah, see. And, mates, what sort of age were you before you started getting a few mates through surfing? If you were uh, 14, 14. About 14, you started yeah. bumping into other kids surfing and stuff? And um, I didn't really surf with other surfers. I was pretty much a loner all the time. And so, like I say, I got my other friends who happened to be on the wrestling team, and we were the smallest guys in the school. I, you know, I've never been a, that huge of a guy. No. So I, I was the you're lightest weight. you not that big. <laughs> <laughs> you're fit as all hell, but uh, you're not a big yeah. dude. Yeah. So, I've... I was a lightweight in the wrestling team, um, 98 pounds, but that's the lowest weight they had, but I weighed 86. Yeah, right. And <laughs> What's that, about like 48 well, kilos or something? It's probably about as much as your dog weighs right there. <laughs> as much as my dog, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's the lightest <laughs> thing. I mean, I, yeah. I, I was just nothing. I mean, I was a small, pretty stunted little kid. Yeah. 
but so I just got my those friends into it and um still always did my own thing really didn't hang out with sur- a surfing group let's let's say yeah at all okay like, like most people do yeah right okay so you're still 14 years old you just you, you didn't live very far from the beach yeah I, well we moved down I our whole my family because of divorces and this and that and and you know the fighting of all that kind of step step mothers step and brothers and shit yep so um it was very dis- dysfunctional family and so my dad moved us down to Huntington Beach and by you know we we lived at these apartments the closest to river jetty and that's where I got you know I just did, that's all I did was surf go to school and wrestle but think about surfing and then but you could walk to the beach from I where could you walk were to the beach yep. I'd actually ride a bike or walk to the beach and I'd go across the uh, sewer facility for all of Orange County and I'd take a shortcut and it's where they it was all flat mud I thought and then one day I sunk into it <laughs> really? and my surfboard saved me it was like going into the quicksand I go and it was full of it was shit the sewage oh, it was man. shit oh, actual serious. shit I lost my thongs and everything <laughs> and I, so I quit taking that shortcut yeah but that was a Newport River jetty where all the um, excrement from all the mass inlands you know let out to sea well wow. and they've since they've ended that you know ecologically it's, but yeah, it yeah. used to be a filthy place yeah right did it have a sick uh, river mouth sewer, oh, sewer mouth gutter bank it, it? it had the best banks in the world if you look at the old 19 early 70s magazines of ed farrell john van ornham that craig peterson used to shoot it, it was like pipeline it was it, it was sick barrels um and then when they took out the pier obviously it, it took out the uh, groin yeah. part of that so mate, i'm not very familiar with the uh california coastline as oh, probably most of our listeners so you're at huntington how far away is uh malibu from there well malibu is um probably an hour's hour and a half drive but there's a demilitarized zone we call it where it's all industrial you got the la airport um san pedro area and a big industrialized oil refinery type of area so uh huntington beach is south and then you get past the demilitarized zone starting at palos verdes lunada bay north and that's where a lot of surfing um came from the industry of wetsuits and all this because the aviation industry and in that area long beach yeah like dale velzi and all these guys they, they came up with all the um things to make wetsuits out of and and yeah. foam and fiberglass so it's, if you look back in your history all those guys uh are so important in the beginning industry of surfboard manufacturing like my, matt kivlin and all those guys ricky grig all these guys came from that area because of the blue collar workers that worked in the mcdonald douglas aviation industry that started because of world war ii yeah right bizarre yeah it's it's very interesting history it is and so my and then where's rincon in relation to that well rincon that's another that's santa barbara county so huntington beach is orange county la county is malibu and that's north malibu county on the beach yep so the reason i i went there that's where my mom lived and when i finally got kicked out of the house at 16 i went to live with her yep and i hooked up with that crew because yeah, um, that's what, that, that's where this uh, these questions were leading is to yes. you know were they the you know you're surfing these little closeout shore dumpers to get your tube vision yeah. when did you start to get into some of those point breaks and is that what you were well actually chasing? not no then that's no. that's the funny thing um, 
I wasn't chasing that. Malibu is a 26-mile coastline. The world knows Malibu as Malibu Surfrider Beach, which is an incredible, most famous right-hand point. Yeah. Um, and it's in the center of the Malibu 26-mile coastline that goes from Santa Monica to County Line and Ventura. Yeah. And it's the base of these beautiful Santa Monica Mountains that go straight up from the ocean up. It's absolutely most beautiful view. Yeah. And that's been there for, you know, eons. You know, Chubanch Indians used to um, have villages there and all that. So that's where the Nicky Dora, Lance Carson, all these things, stories came from. But there's also a lot of other really excellent point breaks there. Point Doom, Topanga, um, Arroyo Sequit, which is called Sacus, um, Trancus. There's so many different interlocked private colony points that break on their own times. And yep. then there's a beach break called Zuma Beach. And that's the closest thing. It's a... It's a it's like rabbits, but closer to shore with harder sand. Wow. So that was my favorite place because I, I wasn't, I didn't, re never really like crowds. And, and Malibu has been the most crowded pecking order place ever. Yeah. So even though I was a Malibu guy, my spot was Zuma Beach drain pipe, which is a very um, hollow Puerto Escondido pipeline training ground. Yeah. And, and it makes a story. You get barreled or you just get whacked. Or, or dumb, but we never used leg ropes because it breaks so close. You and didn't have leg ropes then either, did you? No, we, I didn't. Yeah, we did, but we, didn't, we no one really started using them until way later because if you went to a place like Lunata Bay where you you break your board on rocks. Yeah, gotcha. But, um, yeah. you know, I just, I never liked them ever. And so I learned to just surf and, and really um, depend on my balance to, to make a wave all the way through. And I, I used to, I guess Reno Abler was a big influence on me watching some movies of him and how he's center of gravity and just balance and just take a big white water in the head and keep riding, come out of the white water and riding it through without falling off and staying centered on your board. So I practiced that, practiced that, doing these, you know, a left, big hollow left coming at me going, when I'm going right, doing off the lip and not falling because then I got to swim. Yeah, right. So, so I just practice, don't fall, don't fall, don't fall. Make it, make it, make it. And then you land on the beach or whatever. So that's kind of what was my big influence is practicing balance and leverage and technique. Yeah, right. Sick. So what sort of boards were you pulling into these tubes on? I mean, if you're 15, um, you're, oh, you're pretty I, big planks still, aren't they? No, no, no. I was. Um, I, I actually started out my first board. It was a 6-8 con surfboard. It was big, wide thing, which I was very happy that the guy at the surf shop told me it's better for learning. So I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't get this big eyes. Oh, I want to look like the cool guy on the beach. So it was wide, so it had stability. Yeah. Till I can learn to do the beginning techniques. Okay. As opposed, to like, um, so it's probably mid 60s by the by the stage. Yeah, no, 69, 14. 69. Oh, okay. Late and this is coming from longboards to yeah. to okay. shortboard era. It's an evolutionary era, which I didn't really know about. But Rolf Arnes, um, he was, you know, he he he's a world champion at that time. Was from there, you know, yeah. the Gunsmoke guy's son. So, um, yeah, I just did my own thing. And coming from Huntington Beach, after I got kicked out of the house. The guys in Malibu, they had a different thing. They were riding these big acid needles. They call them seven six guns. They surfed the Hollister Ranch, all these isolated places, and they had a semi cult thing going on. Cosmic Children, Hal Jepsen, and all that kind of stuff. 
Jay Riddle, George Trafton, Davey Hilton. And they were, uh, most, a lot of these guys were trust funded, wealthy kids from, you know, a wealthy side of the, yep. the, the economic so, family. Yeah. But they, they had always, since there's a lot of localism, everybody was low key. Didn't try to look like a surfer. You travel alone. You don't put surf racks on. And because if you go to Oxnard or something, Holly by the Sea, which is Silver Strand, you know, they flatten your tires. So yep. we tried not to look like a surfer. Yeah, right. So it was pretty heavily localized. It was yeah, very place, right? heavy localized. So we went, it was a whiteboard, black wetsuit era. Yeah. And then um, and then all the guys that would wear these colored wetsuits, like Mike Purpose and and the blue collar workers in Santa Monica, they, they were um, known as down southers. But so you don't want to fit into that. You don't want to. You want to keep yourself clear of everything, so you don't. You know, you go surfing. Stay neutral. Yeah. So you know, when you go surfing, your car's not flattened and all <laughs> yeah, that, and right. you park. You park in weird places. Epic. Um, but it was a very heavy localism thing, and I just came from Huntington Beach, which which is fairly flamboyant, free for all. Yeah, and and I had a six six Greg pouch, um, and then I, my friend across the street from my mom, he was into these guy Tony Bovey. He just took me up and introduced me to these guys, and they go, "Who's this guy?" And, He's always having fun. Why is he always, he's, he's just, he's stoked. <laughs> and they, they were just doing their cool, you know. Um, Slow-mo stuff. Yeah, yeah, but they were really good, stylish. The yeah. Stylish old timers, like Reynolds Jader type of thing. And just, you know, Jay, they're just beautiful, old school style. And I just came in with, I guess, a new energy. And they accepted me and they liked me. And I was a little kid, little blonde haired kid. And they just go, wow, this guy's different than, you know, he's not trying to act cool or whatever, but I go, woo! I mean, yeah. who? Ah, oh, that's so fun. But, but that, you, you still hoot yeah. regularly, about 100 times a day. Yeah. I've been stoked. <laughs> you are stoked. So I just go, wow. And, and they go, we never seen anybody pull into a closeout tube. Why why don't you go like that and straight enough? I go, because it's so, it's so cool looking in there. I know, yeah. I know I'm not coming out, but what else am I going to do? Straighten yeah. off? So You want the vis? I want the vis. And um, I just really just thrived on that and then angie reno he's another i don't know if you guys hear of him anymore but back in the five summer story days he was kind of a legendary guy that did stunts and switch foot at pipeline huge yma and all this stuff so he would he was from there and he said that zuma beach was gnarlier than pipeline really yeah he wow. did the huge wednesday and all that so you know and i didn't really know that and then um finally they i went to Hawaii in 1973 with the guy I told you that turned me into this stuff and I'm, I'm the young guy of the whole crew and everybody's accepted me and I, I didn't even know I was on their surfboard team but I guess I was <laughs> you know Jay Adams that um skateboarder, skateboarder yeah he came up to me one day I was surfing at P.O.P. Pier and he goes hey are you on the natural progression team <laughs> I go I don't know I think I, I don't know why because I always see you with your natural progression surfboard so I think you're on their team. I go, oh, cool. And then I went and asked the owner, Terry Lukoff, he's Zook, we call him. He goes, hey, Zook, am I on the team? He goes, yeah. I go, fuck, I'm real. And, and then that's when I met Jay Adams. He yeah, had the right. long blonde hair, and he would come there after school on a skateboard and, and surf with me on these, you know, after school shitty waves. Yeah, see. So, I'm, so I got into this. I, I was kind of a, a diplomatic kind of guy because all of a sudden I came from – a different area, and everybody was fighting. Like Venice guys, Santa Monica guys, Palisades guys, Malibu guys, they, they're all fighting. They, 
inter- they just it was a, it's a war. A war. Uh, war I met the, the hottest of the beaches. War. Yes. No. I mean, each lifeguard oh. tower. Oh, it was really? heavy. Wow. 17, 19. Oh, what are you doing here? Sereno State Beach. Oh, you know, I'll go. Okay. You know, and then I just kind of moved in. I got along with everybody because I had the hottest. My girlfriend, first girlfriend, she was the hottest <laughs> chicken in Santa Monica High. And they go, how does homeboy get this girl? And and then uh, and they go, like Tony Alvin, all those guys go, what the hell, man? She's yeah. our hardest chick. We can't get her. But she, it, but she, she settled him down. She goes, he's with me. And I just blended in with the home, you know, the Dogtown guys. Right. In the meantime, the, the Malibu and Palisades guys, I got a lot with them because I'm always surfing there. And I just kind of um, got everybody together, kind of a, made everybody kind of, ha- you know, yeah, you just like each in other. And frothed and well, not that. It was, yeah. it was it kind of made, like, why are we fighting? Yeah, right. You very know, cool. let's just go surfing. Yeah, sick. And it, and it kind <laughs> of, um, good. it was a very, it was a weird time, but. Yeah, I I've made it. You look in all the movies and it's all like, you know, beach parties and it, yeah, that Malibu was, and uh, have a sip, mate. Yeah. And, and all these, you know, free love, bloody surf things. But it sounds like it was all pretty gnarly. It was. Well, that was before my time. That was the early 60s. And that's when the Hollywood thing took over. By the time I got there, you know, I'm just a little naive um, guy. And there's girls. I mean, believe me, I mean, it's the movie industry. There's just beautiful girls everywhere. It's just, But I was more interested in surfing. But the girls come with it. And you don't even, without even you realizing it. So so it's, everything just kind of fell into place. And that became a chart house bartender, which is right on the Malibu coast. So all the movie stars and all the good, all the surfers would come in. There. It was their focal point and yeah. so i got to know everybody by then because i'm i'm obviously seven them drinks yeah keep yeah, them happy and i'm um, but i you know still kept surfing and they only hired surfers the chart house you'd have to um for some reason you you can't get a job unless you know how to surf good yeah <laughs> sick yeah so mates um did you see school all the way through or what happened um I tried to. Were you, were you good at school or were you just too, I'm horrible. Too much, no, it's just, horrible. I'm you very... You could have sat still for fucking five seconds, I can't you? 20, still can't. 20 minutes. That's why the ADHD is why I'm good. I could do a, a heat, a 20-minute heat good, but then after that, I lose all focus. <laughs> and playing golf, I, can, I, I can't even do nine holes. It's eight. I lose it all on eight holes, so nowhere, I'm, <laughs> no way I can do 18. But, yeah, you know, I, I was very good the first 20 minutes. Um, and if I enjoyed you know the class i did i got an a yep. like scuba diving i got fucking a in that <laughs> that's a pretty sick class to take. yeah so i got an a in scuba diving geography and um but i had to i i i spent a little bit too much after i got kicked out of the house you know i just did my own thing because no one's looking after me really yeah um so i went to venice high and graduated okay during the summer yep. just to get my Diploma or whatever you call it. Yeah, yeah. Finish high school, and so were you going in any? Was there any surf comps or anything like that in those high school? Well, years? yeah. My first, my very first high school at sixteen. I, I remember we just did a high school comp and a high school um, comp when I lived down in Huntington. I, you know, I was just pretty much starting, but I was frothing and I got third. I was so stoked. Um, yeah. and I still have that little trophy, but it can't read it anymore. It's all broken up. But I just went, wow, that's pretty cool, and. You know, I probably had the horriblest style, but I went for it. And um, just to get through that got me stoked. But I wasn't really into contest. And the, the Malibu guys, 
like I said, it, they kind of went the opposite way. And I'm in that, you know, they were anti-Mike Purpose, who I thought was a brilliant surfer, always to this day. Um, but any, anything in color and this, we're just fighting the down southers and this and that. The next thing you know, we're the down southers because there's somebody always up north of you. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. Someone's always. I go, what, you live in Alaska? Come on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so you, you finished school and you were surfing heaps. You, it wasn't a big competitive scene. But um, w- what happened? Did you hang around um, California when you finished yeah, school? No, I, I still did. I still did. I, and I'm, and I was surfing on this. It's called Natural Progression Surf Team, which is a pretty cool name. Yep. And that comes up later. But I was, you know, I didn't think of anything in my surfing. I was just stoked. But I guess, you know, everybody was kind of watching, and they go, "Oh, that guy he makes it look fun every time." And he's happy, 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 makes it look fun. And then they go, do you want to do contests? I go, no, nah, not really. I just did it. I go, if I want to do compete, I'll do, go wrestling and play baseball. I do this for myself. But then somebody goes, but you can't complain about. He goes, Rich, you surf good, but if you, you'll never have an, won't earn an opinion if you don't try it and see how you go. Then you can have your opinion. I go, you're right. So, okay, okay. I'm going to go for it. So I did. A year or two, I just go, okay, let's do contests. Yep. And I surprised myself. I did, I go, wow. I started doing good. I got winning or getting third or whatever. Just all in California? Yeah, contests? all in California. And I, yep. I competed against, um, you know, international guys like, you know, Mark Warren, Buttons, and all those guys. They came, oh, yeah. it was, it was, a inter, it was an invitational contest, which I'm just a, you know, local non-known. And I had to go through 250 guys to get to the main event. Shit. <laughs> and I got in the quarterfinals. To me, that was better than all the ones I won. Yeah, yeah. The top guys for sure. So, um, so you're surfing against like buttons. Oh, from yeah, Hawaii buttons and, and all of them. Yeah. So, you know, he beat me obviously because Mark Waddell blocked me. But no, it was just the fact that <laughs> that to get I had surfed a whole week at Malibu Point, which I never surf. Yeah. With five guys out, five heats a day. This is back the, I mean, we, against the top fucking surfers in California and the world, and I never thought I just go heat surf heat by heat by heat. Never, yeah. you know. Next thing no. I know, I'm what I'm in the I'm in the main event. Yeah, and all the good local surf stars that, um, like Jay Rill and all the guys who surf Malibu Point all the day, they've been knocked out, knocked out, knocked out. So I'm the only local boy who no one knows that yeah, went, makes it through. And I figured it was out. I had all girl. I had all these hot chicks being a chilling squad. Yeah, the woo. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, Ricky, go. So that could have helped. Go, Ricky, go. <laughs> and um, and the, that would have helped me a lot. But the fact is, because I always surfed Zuma Beach and not Malibu Point, all these the, the surf heroes at Malibu Point, they didn't know how to ride a wave unless someone was behind them. <laughs> really? So they got eliminated because of interference. They're yeah. way better surfers than me. Yeah. But they just all of a sudden you get five guys out instead of fifty, and they go, "Where am I?" Oh, the only way I could take off of this wave is if something's behind me because yeah, that's it, all they do. That's all they do. It was so crowded. Everyone was. Yeah. And, and they're, they're, you know, it's a I, I could never do that because I just so that was pretty funny. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Right. So you got into those comps and, and just uh, did, did you start I, two years? Money? No. No. Yeah. I made a hundred bucks on that one. I go, woo, I'm a pro. Yeah. But I didn't want to be a pro. I wasn't interested in that. And then Scott Daly, he's guy's body glove. Him and I did a lot of competitions together. We're pretty even. And he goes, oh, Richie, now you got to start changing your style. You got to ride this board, rat that board. You got to do this turn, that turn. And I go, what? I go, you know what? That's what I hate about. Co- I hate being told what to do. Yeah. So 
Actually, so I took out this eight foot gun and waves this big and just started soul. Tiny little waves. Yeah. yeah. And I just go, and he goes, no, you can't do that. You'll never, you, you got to get this, this little thing, you know, little ankle tears. I go, nah. I go, you, you, you be the pro surfer. I just, I'm going to go, I just want to do something different. I'm just going surfing. And then that's why I started windsurfing. Okay. Yeah, right. Because it got crowded and everybody's getting into this. And I, I'm not against people who, I'm not against contests. I, but it's just not for me personally. And I, I respected everybody who likes the contest still to this day. So I'm not anti-contest yep. and at all, not whatsoever. It just it doesn't fit my personality. Um, but I wanted to try it so I could have an opinion yep. without, you know, no, without with knowing. Yeah, yeah for sure. And, and, um, and I think it's a great, I, it's fucking unreal that people like to do that. Yeah, and it's it, good to watch too. Yeah, and it's just, it just doesn't suit me personally. Yeah, cool. So when did you start heading abroad then? When was the first time you left California? In, well, I told you, it was 1973. I, so I moved to the North Shore for a while. Yep. And um, So h- how did that come about? That was... that was. Like, uh, did you just go, that's it, I'm going to Hawaii no, by guy, myself? Or no, no. My friend across the street who introduced me to the Natural Progression Malibu team, Jay Real and all those guys. There And Scott Dietrich and Skip Smith are filming a surfing movie called um, Follow the Sun or something. Follow the Sun? Yeah, Follow the Sun too. So I went there. Pretty iconic movies there. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm staying there at Camiland, the house on the beach, and they're filming the movie with Ian Cairns and PT and all that and all these other, you know, um, guys of the era. Yeah. And I'm I'm just this little surfer grommet, and I just watched everybody and um, come in and out and in and out, and I just. And Pat Rawson, he was from Santa Monica, famous shaper now. Yep. They because I was the local. You know, guy, go hey, you know, give Richie a board. He's going. You know, he wanted to know what, how the board works in Hawaii. So yeah. he made me this seven four diamond tail, and you know, we didn't have Lego, and it worked horrible. Uh, horrible? Yeah, <laughs> that's the esteemed Hawaiian. No, no, just it just what? Well, he, you know, he didn't know because <laughs> he he's that's why he gave it to me to go to find out. And then later, you know, a few years later, I found out he's he moved there and tuned it in and became an, an insane yeah, master craftsman yeah and then i met this guy uh howard owen from australia and after i broke my board at rocky point no leg rubs obviously yeah and i didn't have any money um this howard owen guy he goes oh man you, 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 what kind of piece of shit are you riding there you gotta ride this thing and i don't know how to do australian accents but oh, yeah. <laughs> and i go that looks pretty weird he goes but but since my board's broken thanks and i go wow that works pretty cool Oh, yeah. And he was a nice guy, and I didn't even know anything about Australia except for when I saw Ian Cairns and PT. Yep. And, and um, so I just watched all these guys, and Reno, like I said, was, I just watched him, and he, he just, his style, his beauty, and his balance. So I practiced, so I go out to Stone Zone, which is just to the, in between Sunset and Rocky Point. It's a big takeoff, and it's not much of a wall, but it's a, not, you, you, I just practiced. Straightening off and staying on my board and getting balanced. And that became probably one of my best things I've ever done as far as, you know, technique to learn the leverage of balance. And, and now I find, after that, I find, how do people fall off their board? Yeah. Well, because I don't know. You, I do go, all the time. It's easy. But, <laughs> but no, the thing is, if you practice that because you don't have a leg rope, oh, yeah. all of a sudden you go, it just becomes natural and you go, and then I go, well, it's, I find it hard to go that side or that side yeah. because you actually naturally cut your, 
your the rebound actually pulls you back over it. But if it's because you have to have the confidence to ride it out, where I found that leg ropes, you know, if that's all you know, you just you, it's a crutch and you give it up. Yeah. Too soon. Yeah, yeah. When you could have actually made something that you didn't know. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and um, I see that. So that was, to me, that was great. But I surfed more like this, n not like that. I guess you can't see that in audio. <laughs> no, it's a bit hard. It's, mate, there's a lot you can't see on this audio. Um, I'm pretty yeah. much... Got, had to put a couple of um, ratchet straps on Richie's uh, legs to keep him in the seat. He's bouncing around all over the place. I should have a video going, but uh, yeah. it's all good, mate. So you're in Hawaii. Um, you're a, you're a young pup, and there's mate. It's just action everywhere. Big waves, and I tell, tell us about some of the sick surfs you had there. Did you charge pipeline and well, very and first day, I just lay out on the plane. I had Levi's on, and I go, wow, man, this is freaking hot. I go, I just rip it <laughs> off of the airport. My friends pick me up. And and we're going over the hill. You see a whole leaf of white water. I go, man, I'm just frothing. And my friend Tony, who is year older than me, and all the um, other guys who they're filming that I'm staying with, I, he goes, I get there. We're going on sunset. Okay, yeah. paddle right out sunset. And um, and there's Eddie Icow and me and Tony. And Eddie Icow is going, you know, flicking his hair back. I go, hey, I see that guy. He had the red board shirts. So I go, and it was about six to eight foot stormy kind of. Uh, you know, so, and I'm just going, this is unreal. And I just, it, to me, it was the biggest fun slop surf, but Eddie Eichel's going, he's super cool. He go, kept flicking his hair like something was <laughs> in his ear or something. And he's all like, <laughs> it's super nice to me. And I'm, you know, and then Sick. they dropped in on me and I was going, oh, fucking unreal. I've got dropped in by Eddie Eichel. Fuck yeah. Yee! I'm here. <laughs> so, and, and, you know, the guy wasn't, you know, wasn't mad at me that, that I was behind him. He didn't, he didn't, I was probably too small to beat up, but, <laughs> um, then so I came in, I go, wow, Tony, woo, man, here we are, we're in, in, this is the best thing ever. And I, I probably looked like I was 14 years old at that time. Yeah. And he goes, okay, well, let's go to pipeline. Okay. Woo. <laughs> go down a pipeline. This is the same on my first, very first day and no leg ropes. And there's Jeff Crawford out there and a couple other guys. And that was crowded. It was four guys out. Four guys. Four guys. And that was a crowd back then? Yeah. It was six to eight foot. But it was dark and overcast. And I go, it was easier than Zuma Beach. Really? It was like Zuma Beach, but easier to take off, not as quick and gnarly. And I go, fuck. Oh, this is unreal. And then... How big know, was it? It was six to eight foot. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Hawaiian style. And I'm going, okay. And I go, that's, that's pretty unreal. But I couldn't, because it was dark, I didn't see the bottom. Yeah, right. And then the next day, they go, oh, hey, surf stop. It's, they called it 10 to 14 feet. You know, right. and then they're filming all the good guys. I'm not part of the. They, they weren't there to film me. I'm just a little, you know, apprentice guy watching what's going on. So I paddle out, and Edward McWilkin and all these guys, they're just going for the movie shot. And it was, I barely got out. And then, then I took off, and I looked down, and I go, now I can see the bottom. Right. And I go, oh, that's why it's gnarly <laughs> when you see it. Yeah, right. And, Shallow. But it was still an easier takeoff than. Um, the drain pipe because it, you know, it was you get in earlier because water's moving faster towards shore. So I found that out, and um, but I didn't surf it that much after that because obviously there were superheroes there at that time, and a lot of you know, I, I just didn't have it, I was too small to follow these big old he men, you yeah, know, and there's no Hawaiian. chicks because it was no. all the, it was like full 
fittest guys in the world, long blonde hair, like five summer stories thing. And I think there was one pregnant, uh, eight month pregnant chick that had tattoos all over her body. She was an ex bikey living in a broken down <laughs> Thunderbird in between Camelan and Sunset in the bushes. <laughs> so everybody would, would get a date with her. <laughs> okay. The whole, I mean, surf stars, you know, bunker speckles, all these guys. She's mine tonight. No, it's mine. And that was. It's not like it is now. She there was, was no chick. She was the chick. She was. Sounds the chick. awesome. <laughs> and it was different then. Yeah, you, it, it was different. very different. <laughs> so, um, um, and how was the localism uh, early there? So it I wasn't mean, bad then. Was it wasn't nice. bad in '73 when I first went there. Yeah. And, and later on, it kept getting worse and worse. I think after, obviously after that, um, it started getting worse from '74, '75 on. Yep. But when I got there, it was still fairly mellow, low key, um, and they didn't hit that ego um chain where i think we all know about now what which is the ian karen's and rabbit shit all that stuff yep yeah so but it was unreal i I, and i sort of lying k and all these places it was just a dream come true what was your favorite wave to surf there in those years i think lani akea was probably just one of the best down the line waves on a north swell um and I really couldn't, you know, I'd serve gas chambers, heaps of gas chambers, because Rocky Point was always the photographer's yeah. jewel, even though it's such a fun, easy wave. Um, gas chambers to the left, you know, I like that better because I, I could get more waves without competing with these really good guys. Yeah, yeah, right. And, uh, mate, did you take on Waimea Bay? No, I've never, ever surfed Waimea Bay. Really? Yeah, because... Wow, that's surprising for well, me. Well, um, exactly, but... I was, you know, Sunset was the place. Yep. So I surfed Sunset quite a bit. Um, and I've had near drownings there with, you know, that was pretty heavy. But it's more of a playground like yelling up. It's like, it really reminds me of yelling. All, you're always going to get caught, but you just got to keep moving, moving, moving. Yep. And it's a um, it's a more surfable wave than Waimea wave. Yeah. I just never, um, there was no, for some reason, I just never thought, oh, I want to, because I never thought about big waves. Well, I never wanted to be a big wave surfer. It just started riding big waves because there were less crowds. Yeah. It's the only yeah. reason I ever did it. Yeah, right. Um, but to ride a big wave that just, just to ride the big wave and close out on you, that yeah. wasn't my... Wasn't your thing. Yeah, you wanted no. a bit of length of rod and to move around. Yeah, I just, I, I just wanted to, you know, just surf, surf, surf. But I, I enjoyed, like, a big wave rider to me is the guys who ride 50-foot waves. Yeah. You know, to me, 8 to 12 foot, I've always liked 8 to 12 foot Hawaiian, which is probably yeah. six you know 12 to 25 foot faces yeah to people who measure that way yeah um and i've felt comfortable in that but i never even in that if it's crowded i'm never comfortable yeah yeah and i've always i've always been apprehensive and you know frightened on the before i go out but once i get out there's something then i feel it's the thought before and getting out there until i get my first wave then I feel comfortable after that, but it's I've always since even Puerto Escondido days, it's just the 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 pre thought. I've been frightened, but I do it because I'm frightened. Yeah, yeah, that's the thrill. That's the yeah, rush. The, the thrill. I guess it is. Yeah. Um, but I and, and the more frightened I got, the more I'd do it <laughs> because I was challenged. It was, it was challenged to myself. Yeah, for sure. And mate, so. Did you ever get into any trouble with any locals in those later years? Or Never. Uh, for some reason, I think maybe my personality helps me through a lot of situations, naivety, through me- all the gnarly Mexico things and this and that. 
because um, I you know I'm, I'm pretty respectful to people, and also I don't kiss their ass. Yeah, but I'm I'm one of them. I'm not. I never. It's just about how you um, come across something. I don't ever feel like I'm better than them, or you know, even though they're, you know, like I, I'm just as poor as they are. Yeah, yeah. You know, and um, I don't I don't have a chip on my shoulder, but I understand that, you know, they come from a lower socioeconomic hardships that we don't that we don't understand. Um, and I I think they appreciate the fact that I'm one of them. Yep. Without kissing ass, I never practice. You, you know, talking, hey, bro, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, they, and, they, and all these Hallies go over there and start trying to pretend they're talking pigeon. I go, they, that's the first thing you don't do. Yeah, right. Then they yeah. just write you off right off the bat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unless you're Eddie, uh, Fast Eddie. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, what were you doing for work over there? Are we just getting um, money for surf? Or? No, no. And I never got paid for surfing. Um, I did, you know, except for products and things, but. I no, I'd work. I'd work as a bartender or a busboy in restaurants and save my money and go over there and we'd, you know, uh, just try to just squeeze by. You know, eat, you know, eating banana peanut butter sandwiches and yep. it, was, it, it was pretty groveling. You couldn't do it nowadays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's no telephones. Yeah. But man, and I got staff all over the place because no doctors or anything. And, and all you do is surf and you just never heal. And it was <laughs> unreal. <laughs> it was awesome. And mate, what about some of the parties back there? Was there? Oh, I suppose it wasn't much of a party scene. It was only one. Not, not in those days. But the party scenes came later in the Malibu days when I moved back and I went to and I became the Chart House Malibu thing, and that's where, you know, the rock and roll shit and oh, all. Okay, these. well, we'll get to that. But yeah. how, how long did you spend in Hawaii then? Oh, I spent that that winter there, and yeah. I came back, and then I went another winter in '76, and then another winter in '77. Then I moved to Maui, and lived at Honolulu Bay or Napili. Right, and um. On Lua Bay, so mate, yeah. that just looks like the dream. It was dreaming. It was crowded then. Was it? And that was even more. There was, at that time, there was this guy called Dangerous Dave. He was a blonde hair guy. It was more dangerous with um, Hallies, which are mainland transplants. Yeah, like myself. Yeah, um, not the not the real Hawaiian locals, but one day, um, this Hawaiian kid lost his board in the cave because we didn't have leg ropes. And I didn't know who it was, but I just went in the cave. And you don't go in there because next step, you're dead. Yeah. So I went and I saved the guy's board. And I came out and gave it to him. He's so stoked. And a few... Uh, How weeks, did you get in there? Did you paddle in on your I own I paddled board? in on my own with my oh. board. And I got his board and came out. Yeah. And, and luckily, in between sets, so I didn't get nailed. And he's going... He, he, you know, he's poor kid. Doesn't have, he can't get another board. He's frightened. And he just told his cousins, who turned out to be the gnarliest guy and now he named wani he, he you know he's a halley hater and feeds people to pigs he had a pig farm really yeah. and then so where this <laughs> bar in lahaina later you know like you know because i'm working there as a busboy in Kanapali, you know just to pay you know just live my little life yeah and we went in there and the, you know it was um kill halley night on some friday night so you kill halley night. yeah yeah um every friday once a month every friday is kill halley night so but I didn't realize that night. Go in there and I'm sitting in the bar. So what do they do? Just beat you up if you I'll come beat in. I'll the shit out of you. Oh, Fucking right. just okay. pummel you, throw it in the bushes. Yeah. And um, <laughs> and and so I was in there and a little blonde haired guy and my other friend who I, he, he had brown hair but he was a Hallie. He goes, hey, be careful. And I sat on the table and this Bonnie comes up and goes, oh, it's kill. You know it's kill Hallie night. And I go, oh, so you gonna kill me? He goes. <laughs> 
yeah. <laughs> oh, well, and then all of a sudden this kid comes, no, dad, that's the guy who saved my board. No way. And one, he goes, this is how you're my brother. <laughs> and, <laughs> and right then I was in. Well, and I didn't know this was going to happen. I was just one of those luck things again. I go, whoo, good yeah. comment. And man. then That's all of a sick. sudden, never had a problem ever in Hawaii, oh, wow. ever, anywhere. And and he beat up everybody else, but <laughs> I'm just going okay. And it was because of just the thing I did. You just do things, and the karma came back and. Um, saved my life oh that's unreal man yeah. and mate honolua bay what a wave i'd love to surf that is it one of the best it, waves ever it reckon? is one of the best um idyllic waves that you could imagine because everywhere's it's you, you know you're looking at molokai and and an eye over there not the open ocean so it's kind of like the dios thing you picture yeah where you look at this beautiful background scene you go how do these waves get in there yeah but they wrap around so it's where everywhere else is blown out, this is a perfect velvet turquoise setting in lush jungle. See. Easy paddle out. Uh, you could go through the bay or from the channel. Um, and it's a super easy takeoff. And yeah. it goes in the bowl, kind of like a sonor. You know, it's, it's a really readable, easy takeoff. And then there's submarines up the top. It's just, it, it is actually, you know, made for surfers. Wow, unreal. And um, I don't know if it's as good as Neos. But it looks, those, yeah, it, it's, it looks as good, man. It yeah. is longer it, and yeah, it's just different. Looks you asked unreal. Melanie Redmond. She, she, yeah? she's been there. See. And I never really got it. I've always been crowded. And every time I had a good wave, Laird dropped in on me. Really? Yeah, just looked at me and dropped in. <laughs> I've never, I've never not ridden a wave with Laird that I wasn't behind him. So I know every freckle on his back. <laughs> in Fiji, that's just, I don't know why. He just goes, he looks at me and goes, he's gone. Yeah. Was he from Maui, was he? No, he's from he's from Kauai. Oh, okay. And North Shore. But yeah. then he moved to Maui. Yeah, right. So you found Maui to be your little spot. Obviously, you'd gotten into windsurfing. Well, the windsurfing, like well, then I, I didn't windsurf when I first there. And then windsurfing came in after I left because I broke my foot there and I had to go back to mainland. And that's what we came How did you break your foot? Playing tennis. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. Name is play. But then... Um, then I, then I was like the Malibu Chart House and I was the head bartender there for four years, which that was pretty, that was those gnarly, fun, fun, fun days of just partying. Um, I mean, every, that's when the Coke and Quailies or whatever, chicks everywhere, movie stars, this and that. Um, and just surfing, 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 volleyball surfing. And then that's when windsurfing came in. And like I said earlier, I go, well, it's kind of, after I did my little, Last contest in 79 of survey, I go, I just, it's not me. So I got it. my girlfriend, Kelby Ano, at that time. Her boyfriend before me was the inventor of the thing, Matt Schweitzer. So she taught me how to windsurf while she was in, she was at high school. So I'd take her board out and learn. And um, since I was on the natural progression surf team, Terry Lukoff and Jay Riddle, they, they were interested because, like I said, natural progression, that was an interesting name. Yeah. Surfing was the natural progression because now we could ride a wave and, and hit that flag section to keep going, going. So they took me in. So now I, Jay's the surf star of it, and I'm the windsurf guy, and Jay too. So he took us back to Maui for the first um, windsurfing Grand Prix contest ever with Mike Waltz. He was the king and all that at that time, and Robbie Nash and Matt Schweitzer. So he took us on an R&D trip, paid our way to surf that first contest, and and learn and research and development yeah, right. and we came back and and everything we learned from all those 
top guys we brought to Malibu and we started a windsurfing um, program there. And we had a the first Malibu windsurfing Grand Prix and we invited all those guys, the Hawaiians. So we, we you know, so I got really good in all those contests. And then I did, you know, now I have to do the contest because now I'm the, you know, the, the lead yeah, guy yeah. in this new sport. Post, poster boy for and, this. New yeah. Thing, and yeah. so, so I go, okay. And I'm, then, you know, Drew Campion, all those guys, they go, okay, well, you know, I'm an up and comer of this new sport. So they chose me for some profile thing. They concentrate on me. Um, and then I started getting, I can't afford anything. So I, I'm getting all these good products, free boards, free this, that, and that, and that. And then free travel. And I go, well, this is oh, pretty yeah. good. Sick. And then, and so then I come up, I met Keg Peterson and Kevin Naughton. And so since I was this little poster boy guy that actually I could windsurf and I was doing good in those contests, yep. they took me to Fiji for right. the opening of Tavarua. Right. Of all these people got, you know, uh, who's, who's this and that and that. And then I go, well, they chose me and Suzanne Godilo. I was supposed to be the windsurfer. For the, and then, but I surfed too. Yeah. So. But Kevin was a surfer and I was a windsurfer, but I got to do both. Sick. So, and then... Um, so you went there for the... The, the inaugural first. thing, yeah. you know, you know right. pre-toilet and all that at Tavarua. Yeah. You know, and... Um, so what was everyone doing? Just crapping in the water? It was just... All we did was surf and windsurf and surf and windsurf and surf. And it was... I just go... And at that time, I was in... Because of windsurfing, I got in the Screen Actors Guild to do... Uh, and Screen Actors Guild, uh, I was making money on commercials and this and that. Yeah, you know, doing like a uh, A team or all these different You're TV on the A-team? shows. Yeah, it yeah. Actually, looked like the dude. The, no. the, the, what's yeah, his no, name? but I, I, Hank? I, yeah. So yeah. I, I, I work with Mr. T, and but I did, did different you work parts. With Mr. T. Yeah. Sick. But never speak. As soon as I do a speaking part, I was fired. Yeah. <laughs> Hence, I don't know about up. this, but um, you know, as soon as I opened my mouth, that was it. But I could, I could do things, you know, as long as I wasn't opening my mouth. You said you're on the A team. What uh, exactly did you do on the A team? Yeah, um, it was a pretty pretty all time show. Like I was just frothed on the A team growing well, up. So I, what, I, what did because you because I was a windsurfer and I'm always windsurfing. And this um, guy named Steve Boyum, you'll you see him. And he did the Predator and all these things. He was a stunt coordinator, high end in the union of you know stunt um, stunts unlimited. Yeah. So he he was always the stunt coordinator, and since. I was always out there windsurfing with him and he'd come in and, you know, after work and all that and start windsurfing with me. Um, got to know me. He goes, hey, Rich, got some side jobs here if you got your extras card, which I did from previous people I knew in Malibu. You know, you, it's hard to get in. It's kind of nepotism. You get in there. Uh, it's a union. Once you got in, then you call in and they always are putting you into a certain category, which... Obviously, I was an 18 to 24-year-old looking surfer boy yep. or beach guy. Blonde, so blonde headed getting, blue-eyed surfer boy. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yep. All, so I, w- I wasn't really getting, you know, um, law and order type of um, <laughs> wear suit and tie jobs. So, so you're, you're typecast, which is good, but it's, yep. it's, it's extra guild and then there's Screen Actors Guild. So this guy goes, hey, Rich, well, you know, I know you work at the Chart House and you're at Natural Progressive Surfboards. But extra money, you should do this and that. And, um, you know, I, I, I'll get you in. I'll just put it to the producer. I go, hey, this, I got this guy. And get you in on this series. So you got me on the A-team because he was a stunt coordinator for the A-team. Sick. And they work that, you know, they work um, out at, uh, they try to work in the 
Los Angeles County, it saves a lot of money for producers and all that. They don't have to pay extras for on location stuff. Yeah. So um, he goes, I got out there and I, I go, I can't show up. And they go, okay, you. And you know, I go, okay, who me? And they go, yeah, you're going to be this guy with Mr. T. You're going to plant some bombs. We're in Mexico, but we, <laughs> but we really weren't. Yeah. You know, we're on some lake in um, L.A. County with lawns and all that. So um, you don't speak, which is a good thing because I was really bad at that part. Yep. But so you're going to be Mr. T's little sidekick and you're going to go pretend you're planting bombs and you go blam, blam, blam. So, you know, you work 16 hours a day and then, I, you know, as soon as it comes on, Mr. T, he's just all over the place, just entertaining all the cast and crew. Yeah. And all of a sudden he goes, you know, I didn't know him. He goes, okay, here you two work together. And he was instantly <laughs> professional. And he goes, okay, okay. We're going to plant these bombs and you're going to explode them and this and that and that. And I go, I go, okay, but I, I, I'm not a very good actor. And he goes, I don't give a shit, man. Just do what I tell you. Okay. <laughs> so we did it and go bam, bam, bam. And I guess they filmed it and it was on. But, you know, that, that was. So, Mate, I'm looking up that episode yeah, for sure. It, I'd it, love to see it, it, you. Uh, my, name's on it. I, I, no. my name's on it. My name's on it because I'm just an you extra. Yeah. But it was a, called um, a silent bit where you get paid um, in the union, you'll get paid an an actor's fee, which is 450 bucks a day back then. Well, as that's pretty good to a, back then. As opposed to an extra's fee because you're, you're um, crucial to the scene. Okay. And you, even though it's not a speaking part, so they up, it's all these upgrades. So oh, I yeah. got upgraded a sign bit. Sick. And then, um, then he, he was just, so I just watched these guys like him and face and, and Hannibal and Murdoch <laughs> And they're all different characters all this time, and it's just shit going on, on on all these scenes, and you know, inner squabbles. And but they're just trying to make mayhem there because bad news was good news for their publicity when yeah. it gets written in the National Enquirer. Right. So, so that was pretty fun. And then all the, you know, then he goes, "Okay, Rich, windsurfing guy, Steve Boyer goes, hey, I got you another one. I I, I put you in for this one. We're going to do it. You're going to guys going to do this airplane ride." You know, I'm doing some other escapades. So I'm always in these little things, different segments. Yeah. Just an extra, like I say, no no name credits or anything. And um, I, then I was one time, you know, had to be some other guy with a hot looking girlfriend. And, and I did wear a suit and tie in that one. <laughs> but, yeah. but um, Is that the only time you've ever wore a suit and tie in your life? No, I had to wear one at church once. <laughs> but... but <laughs> So doing this, and then the funniest one was he goes, okay, I got you, you know, this is where the nepotism comes in. For the casting agent, it wouldn't be good for them. So they cast me as um, an Arab terrorist. An Arab terrorist. Arab terrorist. <laughs> and, and, and down in Los Angeles Harbor, they're going to terrorize this boat and pump bombs and all this on it. And I show up, and I'm the only extra with blonde hair, blue eyes, and they actually had really Arab-looking terrorist guys. Yeah. Like brown Is this still rock. on the A-team? Or yeah, they're still on the A-team. Okay. It's another yeah. episode. <laughs> so they, it was a hot day, and they just go, oh, man, who cast this guy? And I didn't want to get my friend in trouble because he's, you know. Yeah, yeah. They go, fuck, they on the other, who the fuck cast, oh, excuse me, who yeah. the hell cast this little blonde-haired surfer guy? He Arab does terrace. not look like an Arab terrorist. <laughs> They go, okay, tell you what, make up, make up. So they got me all in. They just put, for, it took me like five hours painting this brown stuff all over my face, this and that. Put me on, the, on all these headdresses and this and that. And my blue eyes are still sticking out. No way. And they just go, 
Okay, you're getting paid. Just sit there in the hot sun, and they never use me. <laughs> so I got I sat there 16 hours, and um, I I think he didn't. I didn't get any more jobs after that. Uh, <laughs> that he, that he, so that uh, was pretty funny. But I still got funny. paid. And mate, um, you were on uh, a couple of soapies or one soapy, uh, Young and the Restless, yeah, which is just uh, the all-time. Uh, daytime soapy for all the the bored housewives at home to sit there and watch. And mate, I would love to see that, you on that, that one. You well, would have been squirming on that thing. I, I squirmed. That was so weird because then I got in the Screen Actors Guild through windsurfing. Windsurfing helped me that. With a call, it's called a Taft Hartley Act, I and mean, they can't get anybody who actually could do the windsurfing. Somebody, so you're allowed to get into the movie industry, and and people just beg to have this happen, and. Even though I wasn't trying to be an actor, I, I, I did this windsurfing thing for uh, Chevrolet commercial. And my agent went jumped me up from act, extra to an actor, went from 450 bucks to 50,000 bucks like that. And I just went. Wow. Well, 50,000 wow. bucks for a year. You know, oh, yeah. I kept getting residuals. Okay. But, but the key was um, I just pay her 10%. And I go, hey, I got no problem with that. Yeah. Because she she knew because my the film of me doing whatever I did was um, a certain uh, a limit legal limit so they have so then they had to Taft heart me into Screen Actors Guild which people begged to be in that really want to be actors but right since I never wanted to be an actor I was in it and that was a very lucky opportunity yeah so yep. I got a lot of other commercials that's how I started doing things you get these other national commercials and you get residuals and that pays me to go do all my other adventures because that's and, pretty good money for a beach bum like you oh, at the it time, was eh? the best money everyone craved a national uh tv commercial yeah and and so i was very lucky to be just happen to be in the right spot at the right time yeah and so that's you know i got that and then now i have to go but being in the union what they tell you to do if they call you up and a casting agent or somebody who wants you, you know, they're looking for cast and crew for different movies and projects, you have to go in. It's called going for a reading yeah. and, and, and an audition. Oh, yeah. And most actors, that's what they just crave. They go through, I, I, I mean, they get a, go through 100 auditions yeah. before they get the job. And, and, and they're all waitresses and, and, yeah, and yeah. bartenders in the meantime, but they're... That's what they they're trying to do. They want to be yeah. an actor, and they know how to act, and they do all the acting schools. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that, and all of a sudden, I get a call in there, and I go up to just like what they say, the casting couch. Yeah. So I go to CBS Studios or whatever it was, and I'm going, okay, and little surfer boy, go, hi, um, my name's Rich Myers. Here's my card. Uh, I, I'm having an audition for this young and restless, and, <laughs> like, and the the guy was kind of a sleazy looking old yeah. guy goes. Ooh, you're that windsurfer boy. Ooh, I. Ooh, Malibu. You, you, yeah, Malibu. Yeah, I got a house <laughs> on the Malibu. I got a deck there. And, oh, man, you must. Are you that guy? I just see you skipping along my, out in front of my house. And I go, <laughs> well, could be. Um, like I'm a, one of the only windsurfers really here. But um, what, what does that have to do with acting? Is oh, hey, just sit down over here, boy. And I go, okay, I go, okay. I want you to read this part for me. <laughs> and I go, I, I, I got to be honest with you, sir. I don't know how to read. Um, I'm, I'm only in this because of a glitch, but I'm not really an actor. <laughs> a glitch in the system. Go, yeah, that's all right. Just, just read. It. And I just, I go blah blah blah. Yeah. It was that. That was pretty bad. That was yeah. horrible. That was horrible. But you got the part. No way. <laughs> I go, 
I go, I got the part. You go, here. He gets, hands me the script, and it's like freaking, it's like a notebook. I go, okay. He goes, it's well. Like 300 pages long. Something. Oh, yeah. And I go, and it's got all, everybody's script on it, all the, all, all the chase, all the people who are famous in that stupid show or not. I yeah. guess it's not stupid. Yeah. So I'm going, oh, uh, okay. No, it, it is stupid. That's and I went, <laughs> I go, okay. So I just said, he goes, hey. And he winks. Good luck. Yeah. I'm, you're, I'm, I'm counting on you. All right. So I go, okay. I go, and I come on my friend, um, John Rothstein, Rocky. He's fucking one of my best friends ever. But he's a real actor. Okay. But he couldn't get into the Screen Actors Guild, even <laughs> no though he's, he has way more talent and he's a true actor. So he's, you know, there's a lot of jealousy there going, how did you do this? This complete moron, unspeakable type of guy. A, yeah. Get in this where I'm just dreaming of this and I know how to act. So I go, I know, but you're my friend. Can you help me out? What do I do? I, I go, I don't, I can't memorize all that. And he goes, he's reading, reading. He goes, Rich. I go, what? He goes, you only have one line. I go, oh, you're boy one. <laughs> you're boy. There's boy one and boy two. You're not all these other guys. I go, oh. Thank God! <laughs> I was just going. I, I, you thought you had to remember the I, whole I, thing. I, I, was going, I thought I was one of these other guys. I go, oh, thank God! <laughs> and he goes, and he so, but I go, help me, help me, help me. So we'd practice, practice. Hey, and my part was, hey, how did I do? That was that was that my was it. Sick. Hey, how did I do? Yeah. Hey, how did I do? <laughs> hey, how did I do? Hey, how did I do? So we're practicing this, practicing this, and they go, and it's it's shot live. Yeah. So you go into these studios. I go, okay, here's my day. No surfing today. Go in their studio, and were you a surfer boy? Oh, in, in the in the movie? In no, the no, no, I, no. This one, I'm wearing. I, I'm I'm supposed to be the good looking guy with a hot chick yeah. date, and and I'm I'm kind of a bad guy. Like I'm I'm selling out the guys trying to set up Tracy or something for some <laughs> some bad thing, and and he's paying us off, and we're supposed to pretend that she did a bad job, and, and we're in fake snow in the studio. It's hot outside, but Jesus. so and I, and I'm talking. I go. They go, okay, you guys go up, get in your, in your acting rooms and little lights on. I go, on, and I'm, and there's one real actor, he's boy too. Oh, yeah. And he goes, oh, okay. and I'm going, well, he's practicing. Yes, we did fine. Yes, we did fine. Go, hey, how'd it do? Yes, we did fine. Yeah. And I'm going, gosh, I'm getting really nervous. I don't know why. And I go, are you an actor? He goes, yes, I've been trying to get into skin acting skills forever. I don't, I, I hope this makes my, makes my part. I'm just going to really career. try. Yeah. And I go, what about you? And I go, oh, yeah, I'm a screen actor. He goes, you? You don't even know how to act? What the f***? What? <laughs> yeah. I go, yeah, sorry, can you help me? Because we're going on in, in, in 10 minutes, <laughs> live. And he goes, okay, okay, I'll help you. Yeah, right. And, and everything he did, and I finally get down there, and I saw this other actor, I think his name was, he's a famous guy and things, but I always see him at the beach playing volleyball. Yeah, right. And he was cool, and I go, they give you a quick little thing going, okay, we're gonna, uh, okay, you're on in, in, in five minutes, but you guys just do your little quick, quick thing. And he goes, okay, here's how we're going to do it and play it. And I go, I'm, hey Graham, I, I see you at the beach, but fuck, what do I do? I don't. He goes, just just go with the flow. Everything'll be fine. Um, and and they just had this acting thing, and I go, oh, I'm like, okay, okay, action. Yeah. How, everybody does the right thing, and they, and they go, and, and it's boy number one. Uh, oh, how 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 do we, how we do? I don't know. And I just messed it up. <laughs> and it's live, and they can't do anything about it. No way. But the rest of the hour episode. They, they put me with the chick and the table. Do not talk. And yeah. You sit there and they filmed it. And I got paid residuals and all that. And if I would have done good, I would have been in written into the show. In the show, yeah. And that guy got, I think the cast agent got fired because he was 
firing uh, excuse you. me, I know you're not supposed to say this, but he was gay. <laughs> you were that bad. No, no, yeah. he the reason he only hired me, he was... Yeah, he, 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 he had, wanted a piece of he Malibu. Was, he wanted a piece of the couch. <laughs> and um, the so couch. he got fired. I never got hired again. I yeah. still got paid my residuals. Sick. And that was my last, first and only speaking part I've ever had. Uh, that's hilarious. Days of our lives. No, uh, no, young and, and restless. Sorry, sorry, Rich. And, mate, uh, you know, did uh, what was it like when you were... When you're getting around uh, and telling birds, did they like? Oh, I saw you on the show, or was there groupies? Or yeah, what was no, going yeah, on? yeah it, there was a lot of um, benefits. Yeah, and, and I mean, it just—it was pretty quite amazing. Even when you're on the set, you got all because I was casted like uh, the nerds and all that. Not you know, they put me in for oh, you're you're one of those college good-looking guys, and you have all the hot chicks. Yeah, even though I'm an act, uh, an extra. But they always would cast you at all this stuff. So in the meantime, all these girls are pretty unbelievable. Yeah. And, and they're actors too. So yeah. you're, you're just meeting a lot of uh, pretty hot stuff all the time and eating great catering food, um, meeting a lot of really f- cool people. Yep. And, um, but it, there's a lot of nepotism and, and corruption in that whole business. I, I think it's changed now. But because of the union stuff, um, I, I just I did it for about till I, I didn't look twenty four anymore. Yeah, yeah. Then I got then I got outcast. Yeah, I, I couldn't fit in another thing. Classic. But it was a very good opportunity for to pay to pay my way to do surfing and windsurfing and traveling. Surf trips for sure. Oh, but mate, I'm a bad that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's uh, hilarious, man. It's pretty funny. So I, I did that. That gave me some extra money, and then I remember they go. Okay, Rich, we're going to Fiji. Go get the things from Kodak and Hollywood, Craig and Sammy. We'll meet you at the airport and this and that. And I get a call from an agent um, in Hollywood. They, they go, you, I want you to come and read for this part. For um, It was a big show then that some guy was like three brothers or something. But it was a big sitcom. Right. We want you to be the surfer guy. And I go, nah, I, I, I got this other job. I'm going, go, if you don't do it, you're banned from Hollywood forever. And I go, <laughs> I, I, I know I can't I can't cut my hair because I'm doing this uh, mutiny on the bounty thing in Tahiti. I'm telling her, and, and they want me to come in and do. And I, I just make every excuse, but don't cut me out of Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. But I knew I wasn't going to get the part anyway. Right. So I can't freaking talk. <laughs> and um and and I remember some other guy got the part and he probably made a lot of money, but he never surfed. So fuck him. Yeah. You got fucked off. Yeah. And but they wanted me to be this surfer, dumb shit, off, like the one that Sean Penn did in. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. That, so they're going after that kind of role, yeah. And so it's either that or go to Fiji. So there went my Hollywood career. I said Fiji, and I never went back. You know, never got another yeah, offer. Right. No, no, no more auditions. <laughs> no way. But you were one of the first people to surf. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. We're only guys at Cloud Break for a month. Then I go. I'm tired of going backside. What about that right over there? Oh, yeah. Let's go there. It's Wilkes Reef. We, we, I call it Rich's right. Kevin called it Kevin's corner. <laughs> but I caught the first wave. Did you? Yeah, but it was called Sick. Wilkes Reef because he's the one that passed through there hundred yeah, years right. before. So he caught the first wave there ever. No, I'm sure somebody like there's other guys before me like that. There's a really good book, The Barbarians. There's a guy, a great Pulitzer Prize book um, by oh, this I guy who I've was there years that. before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, there have been people that passed through on your yachts. Yeah, see, but we we had that place. Oh, it was a month of. Just us. Just pumping. Yeah. It's it was crowded. St- it was me, Dave, and Kevin. <laughs> Fuck. I always got the third choice because they were older than me. <laughs> and you got a, got some good size swells there, obviously. 
Well, they were calling eight to ten foot, but like yeah. I say to me, it was like maybe six to eight foot. Yep, yeah. But they were measuring by faces. And we windsurfing it when the wind came. Yeah, yeah and then not there because then the wind was not right for those points. So I windsurf where you bring the boats in from. It comes from Nandi, the the wind. Nandi comes. So I'd windsurf with Suzanne, and we we're doing all these windsurf, um, you know, chop hops and sailing to the uh, different islands, more of a recreational type of thing. Oh yeah, cool. Just, just for, just to sell the place. Yeah, sick. And you got some hell pits there, did you? Fuck! Oh my god. <laughs> and restaurants, you know, like, you know, right? Oh, and it was just, it was a dream come true. Now I wish I would really appreciate more because, you know, that that uh, it was everybody's dream come true. No one knew about. It. There was no beer. We had to go to another island, Beachcomber Island, about two hours on a boat. Yeah. To get beer, finally. I remember we were snorting, um, oh, they, we were drinking kava, and we go, tastes like dirty Coke water. So we go, you know, Craig, oh, yeah. hey, well, let's chop up some twigs. <laughs> we start, we start snorting. Started it doing lines of kava. Lines of kava, and, go, and all we had were twigs in our nose. But it didn't do anything. We go, I go, you got, yeah, fucking a tree growing out of your nose. Oh, yeah, I don't feel, do you feel anything? I don't feel anything. Oh, so we, we, we took the boat to this island, Don the Beachcomb or something, and it was just some tourist island that, no waves. And um, we just go far. We just hit the fucking booze and, you know, Mai Tais, this and that. And we all just hooked up with, you know, I don't know, there's a couple of girls on that. So just that, something turned out. So, you know, <laughs> and then we had this big bar bill in the morning, but these guys didn't have any money. And they go, shit, Rich, uh, they charge a lot of money here, but we don't have any money. But can you, the, the owner's son, he's windsurfs. Can you? Give me your so I, I left them my windsurf board. Oh, I just had to give it up, yeah. and um, that paid our bar tab, and we got out of there. Sick, yeah. And how long was it before you went back? Um, because you've been back, quite yeah, a few yeah. Times, yeah then, you? then they were supposed they, they promised me if I get people there that they'd give me a free trip, free trip, and only six surfers on island with their wives. And then it just they got kind of greedy, and it just never turned out to be that way. And I got people to go there. Jerry Lopez even asked me. Jerry come go, hey Richie, go get I remember I was in um Chart House of Maui. And he told his guys, Hey, go get Richie over there. He's having a, and bring him over here. And you know, I come over and I go, Hi. Because, you know, he's a hero. And I'm yeah, going, he's the guru. Yeah. And I'm going, um, hey Richie, so I heard you went to Fiji. Can you tell me how it is? And I go, Yeah, and I told him all I knew, and I, he was all stoked. And um and then but I and I saw a lot of guys I got there and the guy never he welched on the promise to give me a free trip there for getting so many oh, really? people. So then Scotty and Mike Waltz, they got in a moto island, which was a, there was nobody there when I was there. Yep. We were surfing it and windsurfing it by ourselves with a bald, one bald head tree. And they were windsurfing, and they came there later, and they got the um, lease for that, and they opened that up. And then since they're my friends, I started being a lifeguard there. Oh, yeah? Just because they're my good friends. And um, that was pretty cool. And then I started doing all those uh, lifeguarding and when they had the globe contest and stuff. Did you ever do any formal lifeguard training and stuff? Um, not formal, but yeah, I did, you know, our, you know, Red Cross stuff and, uh, you know, I grew up with lifeguards. Okay. So I do know about lifeguards. I've done all the training, this and that, all, all those little, um, kind of, you guys call them carnivals. Oh yeah. 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 So yeah, I, I kind of, I've saved a lot of lives actually. Have you? Oh yeah. Yeah. I've, right. I've, I've, I've saved, gosh, throughout the world. I've really, um, have saved quite a few people's lives. Yeah, right. Far from out. drowning and stuff in in Australia as well. Oh, uh, South so? Africa, Australia, Bali, um, New Zealand. 
Really? Hawaii. Um, wow. California. Mate, I got a feeling we need about a ten-hour podcast with you, oh. Richie. But uh, no, we'll, no worries. We'll, you know, we'll try to get some, mate. If you want a colder beer, because no, uh, that's all good. So much, mate. There's so many cold beers in there. Just grab one okay. if you want. I'm all good. All right, hold on a sec. I thought we were going to talk about Mexico. Well, we're getting there, mate. Don't worry oh, about man. that. Yeah, you're going to need your beer. You're going to need to keep your fluids up, mate, because uh, yeah, we got more to cover mm. yet. So, mate, yeah, you had some epic runs at uh, in um, cloud break there. But just back to. Um, uh, Hawaii. Um, were you in any surf movies and stuff in Hawaii? Did no, you make not, it into any movies. Or? No, not at all. Um, like I was just the side. You know, I was just a little um, guy looking at everything and just absorbing. I was absorbing and learning. Um, and I had no, amb- I had no surfing star ambition, nothing like that. I just wanted to. I just in awe, and I'm very fit. I was a good swimmer and paddler, and I, you know, if I lose my board, I'd swim out to Kauai to get it or. And when these other really good guys would lose their board, because I was staying at the house in front of Monster Mush and Cannon, I'd, I'd pal out there, get their boards, and bring them in. Yeah. Like little caddies. Yeah. As right. a little, little caddy. You know, like a, a grommet. I was just so, <laughs> here's your board. <laughs> and um, they, you know, they were all, oh, thanks, Mark. Thanks, kid. Yeah. And then you'd go back out and get another fucking monster. Yes. Yeah, but um, to me, that was exciting being a kid and watching all my heroes. Like Rina Abley like, and Jay Real were my. Um, if I ever had to, I didn't want to emulate anybody, but I, my older sister said when I was young, I, I was gangly and she goes, you know, you, you got to shit, you better prove that style of yours. You know, <laughs> it's like, your older sister told yeah. you this? And she goes, oh, she goes, yeah, cool. you, you look, you, you know, you look like a big old spider. You look like a kook. And I go, <laughs> and she had So I go, she's, she went out with Corky Carroll and I said, went out with who? Corky Carroll and other surfers, but she's older. Okay. But she, so I go, I took that. It was a very constructive criticism. Okay. And um, so I go, okay. So I did start working on don't look so, you know, and, and if I had to pick somebody, I, I, I thought Reno Abelera, Barry Kanaipuni, and all those guys were, everybody had such good style, different styles. And like Terry Fitzgerald, they had different styles. So style was a big thing in the early 70s. Yeah. Um, they were distinctive. Yeah. Jeff Packman, Terry Fitzgerald, Barry Kanaipuni, David Nueva, Jerry Lopez, Wayne Lynch. They were distinctive styles that you could pick them out. It wasn't the, yeah, yeah. it wasn't the, like nowadays, you don't even know, you know, everybody has to do, have a, a fixed move, fixed move. And I go, you know, so then it, it, it's a turning point. It was very more artistic. These guys want to be professional. They were very professional in their attitudes, but it was just, they were the leaders to what's happening today. Yeah, right. Sick. And mates, um, in in Maui, there you started going in some um, pretty good comps in the windsurfing side yeah. of things. Yep. I watched a ridiculously funny YouTube <laughs> clip that uh, your son Reef yeah, put yeah. me onto of some comp there of you just uh, yeah just dying. getting smoked, dying. Yeah, basically, um, just give us a quick rundown on on because uh, you, you ended up becoming world champion. Well, did well you the Masters world champion. That was, I think, my second or third one because when I finally decided to go on the Masters, I was still doing the men's comp, but I was. So you'd already won a couple of world titles by this stage. Well, yeah, on the Masters, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's the age group of thirty and over. Oh, okay, yeah. And um, so, you know, like I guess they have Masters, uh, of surfing and all that. Yep, yep. But so, but I stayed in thirty-two, so I still competed in the men's. You know, got you know, you know, like twelfth, eighth, or twelfth, or whatever against the top guys. Um in the men's for a bit. And then I go, well, shit, these, you know, I'm going to go in the masters where Jerry Lopez and all those guys were in. 
And then, um, so I won every one I went in. I won. Jerry four. Lopez was in a windsurfing team. Yeah, fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus, Jerry was into it. Um, there's a lot of good, Paul, there's a lot of Wendell Payne. There's some really good big wave surfers into it. Yeah, right. um, you know, top notch North Shore guys. Yep, yep. And, and um, um, yeah, so that tell us about that day then of the video. I'll, I'll um, post a link to it when we post the okay. episode up. Well, that day, okay, at the year before I won, it was perfect, just perfect six to eight foot, everything. So, you know, everybody had equal chance. It was, it was perfect. So I was stoked I won the, the first year. And then the second year was, you know, I was winning, winning, winning. I was still in the winner's bracket, never hit the loser's bracket ever. And then all of a sudden the wind died and they're running out of time, but they saw this big swell coming and the deadline was over. They said, okay, you know, whoever, sh we sh they should have stopped the winners back there and that you win, right? Yeah. They go, but the promoters go, wow, fuck big, huge swell. Yeah. And state of Hawaii says, close all beaches and all, all contests and anything. Which beach is this? Hokipa. All okay. the whole state of Hawaii. Right. Big, huge swell. 30 right. foot, they call it, but you know, that's, that's by the back. Yeah. So at a west swell, which is straight, it's like it has south swell here, straight as. Right. No rights. Yep. And I'm going, oh, God, I'm scared. I go, gosh, I kind of think I, can I just win because I've just won? And I, even though the, the, this other guy, you know, he came back from the loser's bracket, and he, I think everybody thought he was winning because he's a big, big, gnarly, macho man, Craig Masonville guy. Yeah. Then he's, you know, the, the big wave hero. Right. And I, I, I just kind of had more, you know, um, all the other things going. But he yeah. was the big wave guy. Yeah, yeah. This is macho guy. And unreal, super cool guy. But for the film part, they, you know, the promoters go, nah, this sounds too good to pass up. We're going to film yeah. this shit. So tomorrow, even though we're told not to do this, show up at the beach if you want to, you know, I know I'm in the finals. So yeah. if I don't go in, do I forfeit? Yeah. So okay here we go next day i go oh my god and i'm watching these other guys and I go, oh gosh i hope that's not me because i'll drown i'll drown i'll drown but they they come in and i go oh i'm sitting there like this is scary and yeah. i bet you know i get chitters and then they come out and they go, hey rich uh what do you think about that and i go oh death by drowning man because oh i'm just going and i really you know i was going and then i wait for my heat my You're heat genuinely my heat. fearing yeah. for your life yeah, and and even Robbie Nash and all these guys, going yeah, that's gnarly stuff. And um, but what are you gonna say? No, yeah, <laughs> no, I'm a pussy. Um, so I just go okay. I'm just going to go for it. And then, then we said this big prayer on the beach because I think one of the um, the contest guy who who did all the speaking commentary, he was a a religious kind of guy, Ricky Ryan, and. We get on the beach. It's okay, you guys. It's between you and Craig, and um, I'm already in the winners bracket. And if I if I lost, then we have to go out again. Right? Oh. But I didn't. So I go, and Craig, big Craig, goes, "Okay, Rich, we say this prayer to the beach. Okay, but, you know, now it's just we're not going for winning. We're going for living. Yeah, like, yeah. And so, yeah, and then you know, it's hard to get out, hard to get out. And then just I took a bigger board so I could float better. As soon as I saw an opening, I just go, bang! I went for it, and um. When I got out there, you know how set the, the periods you go, and there's so much time as well. There's a huge set, but I didn't, I go, I, the time might run out before another big set comes in. I go, I didn't get all the way out here to ride a little wave. Yeah. I go, I'm going to ride the freaking biggest wave I can. 
and there's no shape, but I'm just going to go. Yeah. And I hope I make it. And I really thought I was. And then I, the first <laughs> wave went under me and I couldn't catch it because the wind started backing off. Right. And then the next wave, I barely caught it. I drop in, drop in. I say, show and thing. And there's, and the wind stopped. Because the wave And was I'm so going deep. like this. I'm going, I'm going to the beach. I go, I want, I want. And I go, I lost. <laughs> I just got smacked. Yeah. And well, what was it, like a 15, 20 footer? Well, 32 foot face. So they, they showed in the video, they stop it. You know, oh, yeah. It's and easy to measure. Yeah. So um, that's what, you know, Corky Carroll interviews me. But um, two, the swell came together from here to here, and I was in the worst spot. Yeah. And it was um, breaking out further than the, than the headland. No, normally, waves don't break out that far. It was yeah. so far out to sea, and I was underwater doing five somersaults going, I count my somersaults because it go up and down, up and down. Don't panic. <laughs> I go fifth one, and my ears burst. I go, fuck. I go, man, I'm in deep trouble. And then I start fighting for my Honestly, life. No flotation vests. No, no, and no helicopters, skis, no jet skis, no nothing. 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 Nobody. And it's just me. And it's the most loneliest place down there when yeah. there's five thousand people on the beach. <laughs> and and it, even in that, they had to edit it because it's too boring to white white water with nothing happening. Because I was underwater yeah, for a right. long time, longer time than the the video shows and i just you know life really did flash in front of me and i everything slowed down for half it was like a half hour video of when i was four year old uh my hat my cowboy hat dropped off into a pit bull fence i remember that so clearly and the, and the pit bulls ate my hat and i cried <laughs> and i'm I, so this is this is bizarre because this is what i'm thinking down at the bottom of the ocean oh, and man. and i go oh, oh and then all of a sudden everything became i passed the point of pain and then, oh, but my body just says go. And then I'm, I'm swimming, swimming, swimming. But I'm, and then I, I, about 10 feet under, like my eyes are open. And I'm in this aerated white water. And I just let out and I just breathed in white water. Oh, fuck. And I go, <gasps> and then, and then the pain came. I go, oh my God. And I get up there. I go, and then a wave's kind of my head. And they go, why don't you duck? I go, that was my last. I go, <gasps> and I took the next one in the head. Fuck. And luckily that didn't pile drive me. It drove me in. Sick. And, yeah. and then I was, you know, I was, I, I was dazed, confused. I, I was, didn't know what was going on. I, I was blind. I, my board was right there. My caddy came out. He goes, Rich, your board's right here. And yeah. nothing, did happen? That was after you'd been washed in about 300 meters. Yeah, all the way the to the lagoon thing. In, yeah. yeah. And then, um, the and he was unreal dog hunt. He just goes, Rich, your board's right here. I go, I couldn't see. Wow. And I get my board. I go, and I get on the subway and I go, okay, the heat's not over. Oh, now I gotta go back out. <laughs> and I didn't know what happened to the other guy. I go, Beep. I go, yes. That's and, it. I, I, and I barely made it to the shore. They grabbed my board. I go, that's when they do the interview. And I, I was delirious. Yeah, right. And um, then I found out later that Craig, he never made, he got really wiped out horribly, never made it out. And um, he never windsurfed again after that. And he became a pastor. Really? Yep. Gave it up it. after that day. He's a he's, pastor to this day. He saw the light when I've yeah. I'm re- I've gone close to God. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. And um, so in that video, there's a bit where you're waving your arms around. What yeah. were you doing there? Can you remember? Or? Yeah, I do. I remember. No one, I, I just no go. I wasn't waiting for you. the caddy. Go. Are you waiting for your caddy? I go. I'm waving to say I, I'm in trouble. I, yeah. I actually was scared. I, I was in deep trouble. Um, and I, you know, obviously hope the caddy. But hey, fuck, I, I'm in trouble. It wasn't like. Hey, get my board. I want to get another wave type thing. It was no. like, I, I didn't know how to say I'm in trouble. I, I don't yeah. think I can take another. And no one could come and help you anyway, though, could they? No, they couldn't. The yeah. lifeguard, everybody said the lifeguard, Roddy killed. He, was, he just turned his head. But he couldn't have done anything. No. You know, no. he would have drowned. Yeah, mate. It looks extreme. It's bloody funny. 
um, mate, in the uh, interview, you're just an <laughs> absolute frothing, fast-talking, California, gnarly surfing dude. It's fucking hilarious. Oh. I'll post a link to it, man. It's, okay. Um, I, I watched it one night. It was bloody unreal. And yeah, you cop a hiding. Uh, but you won the comp. So yeah, I won the comp. Yeah. I'm so glad because I didn't want to go back up. Yeah, classy. All right, mate. Well, um, I'm sure there's plenty of Hawaiian stories. Uh, is, there, is there any more before we move? Oh, the Hawaiian Hawaii? ones are, uh, you know, you like know? I did Hawaii for a long time. They're there and built houses and stuff. And um, Is there anything know? that pops in your mind that you want to tell me about Hawaii before we move on to Mexico? No, Mexico, um, that, that was probably my... I mean, that was the most interesting, adventurous time in my life is all of Mexico. Okay. Well, do you, uh, mate, why don't we just press pause real quick and you can have a cold beer and then you can yeah. tell us about Mexico. Okay. okay. So we just had a very quick break uh, to stretch your limbs. Um, and I was going to move into Mexico. And, and in that short break, uh, Richie fired about another five stories at me. Uh, he, he wanted to make mention of, uh, well, I don't know if you, he said he didn't know how to make mention of just the amount of hot women back in the day. He reckons every windsurfing chick ever was the hottest chick ever. Yeah, they, yeah, they were good. <laughs> and, um, mate, you, um, obviously California was your base for a while and you were using that to shoot over to Hawaii and yep. no doubt down to Mexico and that. But you got up to plenty of shenanigans in California in those days as well as a, as a windsurfer, surfer and, and just bartender. a bartender. You were just, mate. You're in Hollywood. Uh, center of the action. In the center of the action. So, mate, tell us about some of the action that went down there. Some crazy parties or... Well, Malibu was a pretty crazy time at that time. Like I said, there was... It was, um, you know, there's a big drug culture back there. It was the beginning of the Quayle. I'm sure you guys see all these movies now. People always say Quayle is cocaine. So, um, all the... You know, the after the Vietnam War, those kind of guys, um, you know, they're... You know, they're doing it, and then, you know, it just filtered off onto us younger guys, you know, especially being a bartender. They come and, you know, instead of giving you a dollar tip, you give you this or that. Yep. And um, it was a bit um, hedonistic, I think, um, but, you know, you're just going with the times and the flow and being a bartender, which, you know, I'm glad I finally got out of that, but you're not in the best of um, company, but everybody's so out there that you don't even know what's really right or wrong at some stages. Yeah, fair enough. And, no, that um, makes sense. And um, so I and I, I was pretty influenceable, I'm, I'm, you know, by older guys, and I kind of, you know, just go, okay, yeah, well, you're older than me, and you're better surfer than me, and you guys know what you're doing, and and then um, yeah, so I kind of had a couple people give me the bad, in, you know, what they did. So what, uh, yeah, so I, I did get, I'd had a drunk driving, got a big accident, um. And it was pretty, you know, I, I was drunk, but I could have got off, you know, on technicalities, but I was 0.10. And yeah. how old were you? At this stage, I, I was probably about 22 um, or something like that. And, you know, I just was scared of this. And, but the thing is, I had remorse because, you know, I, I crashed a bunch of people's cars and everything. And somebody else got hurt and this and that. And. I felt really horrible about it. Yep. Um, and it's uh, probably the darkest moment of my life. But I decided to accept, you know, I just decided, hey, you know, I'm not going to deny it. I, I'm going to accept responsibility. So I did. I, you know, and then I um, went to jail. So the judge 
New Auto, I, I've never had any records insane, so he just goes, okay, um, I'm going to stop this, nip this in the bud. If you do good, this off your record and all that and stuff, but, uh, but if you're the typical guy, you'll be back, and then I'll really get you. But I'm going to put you uh-huh. in jail for two months. Okay. With work furlough. And, but you got to get a sponsor um, to do this. And, and, uh, and I go, okay. So my really good um, mentor and boss, Terry Leacock from Natural Progression, I go, hey, Zook, um, I need to get this before I go to court and get my s- sentencing. They're going to put, you know, I'm eligible because, you know, I'm a non-violent guy and all this and that. And, um, I got two months of jail. So I need somebody, I need to work. I need to work. And he goes, okay, what, what can I do for you, Rich? I go, well, I'm a windsurfing. I, I, I ran the windsurfing school there at Malibu Beach, which is on awesome. Yeah. Like right at the pier, the base of the pier. At a, this was my windsurfing school. He sponsored it. That's regression. We had, I built a volleyball court there because volleyball is very big in, in, in Southern California. Okay. And you get all, so, and then you got the whole Malibu point. You got third point, first point. It's just the arena of unbelievable fun. All the movie stars and producers' daughters come there yep. in the summertime. So it's better than Gidget, better than that first movie. So my job was to never leave the beach, teach windsurfing, and go back at night to, to the jail <laughs> no and sleep. Right. That's classy. And, and um, so, <laughs> so the judge goes... Well, I've never heard of this before, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, you're here, down you know? the beach and teaching windsurfing so, while you're in jail. No yeah, doubt. so I go to LA. everywhere. And- oh, it was, I'm just going. So, but they put me, you know, it was pretty naughty. But, but what I did is I wanted to open my eyes because I always see it in the movies and this and that. What's really behind the scene? Like, you, they go, okay, guilty, sentence. And then you're in your little suit and tie. They go, bye. And, and instantly, they go, Okay, you go to that door and everybody leaves. And I go, oh, what? And they go, take off your tie. I go, why? So you don't hang yourself. I go, oh, <laughs> shit. And then my lawyer goes, here's a couple dollars. And I go, and like, you're, you're in the system then. Yep. And that, and I just go, okay. I was freaked out. And I just go, okay. This is, but then I go, let's see what really happens. Make something good come out of this learn and don't feel sorry for yourself that's my favorite thing don't um, that was the thing i said don't be a learn from this and and don't be a feel sorry for yourself because i'm responsible for other people's pain yeah so that's a so i i I just go okay but i'm gonna learn and i'm make an adventure of it i go you know i go to jail i get lost in the system for all i don't know seven days my mom can't find me because they take you all these different places yeah when when you know, they put you in a naughty thing. They put me in a cell with this freaking murderer. But luckily, he said, <laughs> he said, he goes, hey, I found God. And I go, he's painting all these Jesus things on the cell. And I go, I go, Whew, okay, that's good. That's good news. Yeah. And he goes, Sick. that's what you and I go, hear. And I hear this guy in the next jail cell. So I go, oh, my God. Oh, please, <laughs> I go, what's happening to him? Oh, he's getting raped. Oh, fuck. And I go, could I have been in that cell? He goes, yeah, you could have. But luckily, um, you know, I found God. Yeah. And, go, and, the, and the prison Otherwise guards. I would have raped you. Yeah. No, the prison <laughs> guards are just, they're not doing anything. They don't care. Really? So oh, then man, that was, that's so the first, that was the first day. So I go, wow. Oh my God. And then you just get moved <laughs> around, moved around. And they go, um, okay, now you're going to this place. And I, and I go to a 
another type of minimum security or whatever. So you just get, then they go, you're going to wash cars for policemen. So they take me out in the middle of the desert. I'm washing cops' cars. I'm washing barf off jail cells. Okay, this is that. And they finally get to my work for a little thing. And they go, okay. Um, they do all the bureaucratic things. It's in downtown LA on top of this city hall. And I always thought there's a beautiful building, but inside the jail cells. Really? Going, wow. Really? This is wrong. So to me, it's an adventure instead of, I, I just had to take it as an adventure because it's going to happen. And I go, okay, so my eyes are wide open and there's blacks, um, Hispanic, everybody hates everybody, this and that, you know, it's white supremacist. And, and, and you you're just locked young, in there. Blonde head, look, uh, good looking, surfy dude. I got a tan. I got blonde hair. My, I'm fittest if I've ever been. I, you know, I'm at the beach all day. Yeah. Freaking tanned as can be until I take my pants off when I got a strip search. There's a big <laughs> white line. And man, these guys, woo, Malibu boy. Oh, Malibu. Ooh, we're going to give you Malibu boy. Oh, Malibu got, boy. You, you, Malibu. They kept calling me Malibu in jail. And I go, and then I just, woo. And then I, get, I wake up in the morning early, take a bus to the beach, get out, <laughs> do my windsurfing thing. I was the fittest I've ever been in my life because you can't do anything. So I'm lifting these windsurfing boards, going down, and I had an ankle on my brace. I had really? an ankle bracelet. No way. Yeah. And then. How did it go in the water, that thing? Oh, uh, it was fine because they didn't have the electric thing. Okay. But I had to have this. And, yeah. um, and then all of a sudden, all the girls' moms are going, oh, poor Ricky, Richie, or whatever. And they were sending me like cakes and things to take the daughters <laughs> to the beach. And all of a sudden, everybody's down the beach. And every day, all my friends and everybody playing volleyball. It was kind of a center thing. And I'm teaching people to windsurf, go surfing. I'm not I'm allowed, not allowed to leave paradise. Yeah, not allowed to leave paradise. I'm not, uh, okay, you can't go past the pier. So there's third point, first point, windsurfing. I'm going, everybody's going, this is the best. How, how do you get in jail? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get free dinner. Don't have to pay rent. And, and, yeah, no, yeah so I did have to pay rent. Wait, now, by the way, I did have to pay rent. I paid all the restitution. So I paid my way. So while I'm working, that goes back to restitution. Okay. So everything I paid for, which is fair, is more yeah. than fair. And I honestly, that's the least I could do. So I paid all my um, financial things and everybody that got fucked up in the whole thing. And I, ha I had to go bankrupt. But I lost a lot of things, but I learned a lot, and um, I accepted full responsibility for uh, you know my fault. And so when you're down there doing these lessons, feel free to have okay. a sip there, mate. Uh, <laughs> when you were doing these lessons, was there someone from the jail like there hmm. the whole time watching you, or make no. sure you didn't run off or something? I had this biggest nerd guy. He's like, you know, never seen the beach in his life. This guy, bald haired parole officer. And he comes down, and he has to check on me. It's a surprise check. And he doesn't know. You know, no one, because jail is so far from the beach. They don't know what freaking beaches. Yeah, yeah. And, and he comes down there, and, and he's in a little skinny tie and white shirt. You know, ring going, huh, are you? Yeah, well, why don't you have any clothes on? <laughs> I bet my speed. Because, jeez, I'm at the beach. He goes, okay, well, you know, look how you're doing you, you, you don't look like you're doing harm, but I've never seen this before. Ever. <laughs> no, it doesn't sound... Then he goes, okay, whatever, but he checks me off, and then then I have to go back, and this one, the funniest part, which is the gnarliest part, I go back in, at the end of the day, my mom finally, 
because you know I had a bad childhood, so I finally get to connect with my mom. Right. And because so she finally goes, okay, I'll take you back, pick you up at the beach, take you back from Malibu all the way to Los Angeles City, which is you know an hour drive. Really? An hour yeah. Drive. Yeah. So I go to the middle of the city in the jail. So they weren't even transporting you. Just you made no, come no. I have to up. pay. Every, I pay all my own way. You know, yeah. I it was my fault. I pay my way. I pay up to everybody I fucked over. Right. And that's the way it should be. Yeah. So I accept that. But my mom. That's where I learned I had ADHD. She goes, "Gosh, I love you, Ricky, but you, you just make me so nervous." I go, "Mom, I make myself nervous." <laughs> and she goes, "Okay, but at least we get to bond." So we finally bonded after all these years. You know, being taken away from and this and that. And it was pretty, so I, I took that as a very, I always take the positive. So she dropped me off, and then I go up in this thing, get back in my prison clothes. And, and the funny part was, here's Malibu's back. Woo, man. <laughs> woo, woo, woo. And they're all, luckily, the they're locked behind some gnarly bars because they're separated from the work furlough guys, yeah. the murderers. What do you call it? The work for? Work furlough. It's work um, furlough. Where all, all, everybody in this, there's a certain people selected that are non Violent. Yeah. Um, but they have to still be in the normal murder crowd, but you're separated by bars and locks, but but not vision wise. Yeah, yeah. So they're just going <laughs> you know, cheeky monkey and whatever they're doing. And they <laughs> and they just go, Oh, I love your tan rich Oh, Malibu. Oh man, look at that. Oh man, give me a Mooney. And and all that stuff. Give me a money. Mooney. Mooney, what's a Mooney? Oh, like bend over. <laughs> what the fucking hell? And I'm, I'm just going. So they go, okay. And you have to go eat when they tell you to eat. So you go in there and eat, um, you know, so they, the they worst want- food. So you, know, you have to do it. You do, you do what you're told in jail. So you go like this, and okay, okay, you guys, your, your section go here. Your section go there, and um, and you have your trays, and you sit next to each other, and all the black guys, and they have punch, and they, they, they the black guys would steal your punch, and I go. Take it because what they have in the punk punch is this thing to uh, make you not have your doodle up. Really? Yeah, it's uh, there's a word for it, but they put the they spike the punch. No way. So you don't get so you, you know, don't get me. bonus. So you don't yeah, get yeah, raping yeah, everyone. It's the thing that didn't sound like it worked too well on the dude on the cell next year, but no, well, no, no. I'll, this is what I'm getting to. So what happened was it's a thing they put in um, saltpeter. It's called okay, but they secretly did it. So. Oh, I love the red punch, man. So I kept giving my red punch, give red punch. I didn't even know this until later. I found right. out. No so until later, the saltpeter they put in the in the punch, the red juicy punch. Yeah. So to keep them from being Horny. sexually excited. Yeah, right. Which is a fucking great deal. <laughs> my God. So then I'm so they go you're and you don't know whose cellmate you're in. So they lock you in. It's just like the movies. This tiny thing. A bunk up here, a bunk down there, the toilet right on the mic- there. Yeah. Right there. He's got so excited. So, He's about a foot away from the microphone at the oh, moment. Oh, sorry. So right there, and I'm going, sorry about that. That's all right, mate. You're, you're a very animated talker. That's cool. Um, and then I'm sitting there, and my, they go, you're with this guy. He's your cellmate. His name is Jerome. Oh, big Jerome. <laughs> big. And, oh, no. and I'm just going, oh! And they go, and then the guards tell you, you don't put your head has you can't sleep with your head to the bars because people beat you up at night. Right. So you have to have your feet to the bars, and they always check in a few. And you have to head there. My head is right next to the toilet. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, hundred hundred mil from the hundred mil from the toilet, right there. Jerome comes in. This is your cellmate. 
Yeah. The biggest black guy you've ever seen. Oh, but, you know, he makes, you know, he Lakers star. Yeah. Huge. And and he looks at me, hey, little boy, hey, little Malibu. And I'm standing out there. And before they lock us in, we, you, you stay on this rail and we all, everybody's talking. I go, um, and he puts his shoulder on me. He goes, his hand on my shoulder. I go, I go, ooh. He goes, <laughs> he doesn't have to worry, little ivory. Because little ivory. I, he called me little ivory. He doesn't have to worry, little ivory. I'll protect you because, you know, I got the police dogs. They bit my, my scrotum off when I was doing my burglary. So <laughs> I, I can't. I can't do nothing, so you 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 is lucky, and I'm going to protect you. No I way. Go, so he's found Jesus and no a, no the, 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 oh, the murder. That's a different thing. Oh, that's a different. So, this is yeah. a new Jesus, guy. It's my got, new cellmate. Uh, the, you got the, lucky the, with cellmates. Yeah, the, the murder the murder guy. He he was one of those guys you see in the cartel movies. He was a yeah. Mexican. He just tatties oh, right. everywhere. You know. So he found tatties. God, and then he next found to, God. Luckily, yeah. so Jerome goes. <laughs> He's the biggest, gnarliest dude in the whole oh prison cell. Lord. And all those guys going, Malibu, Malibu. He goes, he goes you better watch it here, Malibu, because these these boys, they're going to want you. And I'm going to, I can't want you, even though I don't want you, but I can't want you because the the, the German shepherds, they bit my balls off. <laughs> and I go, well, well how that? And he goes, well, I'm doing the burglary and then the white cops, they held me down and now I don't, I can't do, you know what I mean? No I go, well, way. that's Okay, so that's cool. Oh, so I protect you. I protect you. So then we became good friends every night, and he'd come in at. So I'd be back into the cell at by seven or eight o'clock, and I'd be up really early to get to my job. His job, he comes in at midnight because he has a different type of job. Obviously, doesn't do beach stuff. Didn't even know Malibu was, but he came in and he did this big gnarly, this big. He had to do a dookie, a, a big turd. Yeah. At 12 o'clock midnight, next right to my next head. Right next to your head. Oh, terrible. I'm just going, oh. <laughs> and he's talking. He goes, ebony and ivory. <laughs> living together in harmony. <laughs> and, I, and I'm just going, wow. <laughs> and then, so every day I come down. And by the time I get to the beach, I tell my sir friends the story. And they go, and they're laughing. My my. My 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 other guys just going, oh man, we got to meet this guy. We got to meet this guy. And so I told the guy, when I get out of jail, come down and meet us at the beach. Because he goes, where's Malibu? I goes by the beach. He goes, yeah, I sort of thought that. So and one day he did came and visit us. No way. With his fucking gangmates, this the biggest black, nicest dude, the nicest guy ever. He saved my life in jail. Fucking hell! Did you take him for a surf or something? To, no, no, I kind of went. I had a few beers. With I, him, th- actually, this is this is the sad part because that was when the cops are still really bad there. They're very racist. So I felt he was going to get busted for being a black guy at Malibu. Really? That's how bad it is. Wow. That's how bad it was. Like he was going, and he wasn't doing anything wrong. But yeah. they're already they're already looking at him and all that. So really? I wow. just go, gosh, John, I, you know, I know you're you're probably on parole or whatever, but you know. Thanks for coming by. Good to see you and bring all your mates here. But I, I think uh, the cops are going to surround us in it. Yeah, right. And oh, this right. is back when I'm back into the, being out of jail, being the beach where I did all my things. So that was a very um, learning point in my life. Uh, I got one more question okay. about this whole beach thing. Did you ever uh, hook up with any chicks while you're on day release in the in the in the car park or well, mean, surely you did that like, was in the, in the surf re- shop in the surf shop in the surf shop you must my, have been setting records for most amount of surfs and women whilst well, in no, jail what happened was my <laughs> friends I, I mean 
you know, um, should bring up my marriage now, but, but my friend set me up with this girl, uh, and she was felt sorry for me because they exactly what you just said. And they go, wow. And, um, they took me in the back of the surf shop on the way to my job and last about a second. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Boogie boards. We're out to the beach. So that was pretty funny. And they, they all, it was kind of a thing that your friends do for you. Yeah. And, and it was every. a waitress at the beach that go, she felt sorry for me. Oh, mate, that's unreal. What an epic jail story. Oh, man. And, but the it's thing like, is, it's like an hour long story just in that one. It wasn't even on the. Well, uh, even everybody's going, wow. How does this happen? You're, you're not allowed to leave paradise. Yeah. I can't leave the beach. So you're not allowed to leave the beach. I, I, can't, I can't either go surfing, long, um, shortboarding, longboarding, windsurfing, or play volleyball. But, you know, I can't drink because they test you. Yeah. So I was the fittest I've ever been in my life. Wow. And all these girls are going, they're fighting over, no, I get a bonus out of jail. No, I get a bonus out of jail. No, I get a bonus. And I go, wow. That, what were they saying? I get him when he's out of jail. I no, get him when he's out of jail. <laughs> he gets out of jail soon. And it was the weirdest thing. Because the bad boy. I, I wasn't even that bad. No, you were totally. <laughs> but to them, you were, you were, you were in jail. So I figured he must have been a little bit bad. But you weren't bad. You're no. definitely not bad. There's not a bad bone in your body. There's yeah, no so doubt I, about I, that, man. That was kind of That's weird. fucking yeah, unreal. You got to take the positive. And, Jesus. Um, I did. To this day, I don't want any... Uh, there's no glamour in it. Um, I just tried to take the best out of a bad situation. I made the mistake, and I owned up, and I paid for it. Yeah. And um, no, that's you got to cool. learn from it. Yeah, no, you did, mate. That's bloody awesome. Okay, so <laughs> another story. Let's get another story. Uh, what about, um, mate, Hollywood parties and shit like that? Well, you're still in California, and then we're going to move to Mexico. Okay. So, you, mate, you were obviously... In in, a, in the Hollywood circles, is there any mental stories that just quickly jump out off the stage there of some crazy parties you're you're at? Um, I think what happened was just being because I was a bartender there, so I'm kind of more of the Forrest Gump of this whole situation. <laughs> I'm, I'm not the really, I'm, I'm, you're not the central I'm not figure. really, you know, the the the, the star. I'm just kind yeah. of in these places that things happen, yeah. and so. Um, well, you know, like you'd see Big Crosby, this and that, and, and you know, Jan Mike, all, all these the big Wednesday guys come in, and big Dennis Wilson, I had to kick him out of the bar, and then he went and drowned himself in the. He got he's got super drunk in my bar, and I had it. It's called eighty six. I go. Is that the Beach Boy? Yeah. You're talking so, about. so I go, yeah, you're out of here, and because that was my job, and um, so and he, he went drowned. Out. Wait, he went drowned that night after you uh, kicked him out. About a week later. All oh, right. And then I had uh, this one guy. Like my manager says, because I'm in charge of everything, because there's a law there. If you serve somebody, you're, and they get in trouble, you're in trouble. So yeah. once you say you're 86, which means you're cut off, that means that I can't re-uncut them. Yeah. So yep. everybody would come, all these movie stars, that, you know, the guys who want Whiskey A Go-Go, all these fucking films, all the movie stars I always see on my academies, they always would come in there and, you you know, just normal people like us. Yeah. But they just want to let off steam and get fucked up in there. Yeah. And, um, one time, and, and Charles Manson, he lived right across the street down you there. You met Charles Manson? No, fucking <laughs> oh, fuck. But he lived right there. Was, <laughs> whew, everybody else Jesus. did that. But he would live right, you know, right in the city of Topanga, you know, one of those houses. And luckily, he was in jail by then. Oh, yeah. But, um, so all these characters, they live up, the, the creepy characters live up in the Topanga Canyon and all this. And then movie stuntman, like in, in cowboy movie stuntman, and this one guy comes in one night. And I'm, I'm like I say, I'm not, I can't see it in this audio but i'm not very big yeah as far as like a 
you know, like a gnarly looking dude. No, you're a muscly little fucker, but you're not but, big. But, um, my boss, he just said, okay, I'm a, he was the manager and he goes, you're in charge and this big gnarly freaking cowboy looking dude, he pulled in the parking lot with this old pickup, big Stetson hat and he came in. He's all friendly at first. He just sat at the bar and I'm being nice. I'm serving rum and coke, rum and coke, whatever. He'd give me a tip, put in the jar, a tip, put in the jar. He's getting more and more fucked up, the guy. And then finally, he's just saying some pretty gnarly things about chicks yeah. or whatever. And, you know, and I'm just going, I think this is, you know, the restaurant's closed. Why is this guy hanging around? And he goes, give me another one. Give me another one. And I go, and and I have my one of my best friends in the world, Chris Brown from San Clemente. He, he was sitting in the bar. We're going on a surf trip after I get off work up to the ranch. So we're going, he's sitting there watching me and he just said, I just want to get out. I got to get this guy out of the bar. He's the last guy standing. Yeah. And the, I had this manager, Chuck Rogers. He's a gnarly dude, but he, he just goes, it's your responsibility, Rich. He didn't want to take over. He, he was sitting, I remember he's sitting there and goes, how's Richie going to handle this? This big guy. And he goes, give me another one. I go, nah, sorry, you're cut off. I, I, I tell you what, I grab the money out of the jar. I go, you can have your tips back. Sorry, bro. Yeah, and he went, he took off this giant hat, laid it on the bar, and he goes, "I'm gonna fucking pip, I'm gonna push your head and pimp it like a push it like a pimple. It's gonna pop <laughs> all over the place." And and I go, so "Give me another rum and coke." And I go, "Sorry, you're 86. I, 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 take all of it." I I go, "No, I'm not yeah. doing it." He goes, "You little fucking." <laughs> you don't know how little you are, do you? And, you stand up and, go, and there's a big Galliano bottle. If you know that they're um, Galliano. a cheer bottle. Yeah. And, and and I was taught by one of my managers. It that's just use it as a club. Yeah. Uh, and last, we won't charge if we won't charge for uh, spillage. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just looking at my my manager and me, and he's just going. I go. I need some backup, but he didn't. And and I just held the guy down. And the guy goes, "I'll be back." It's a really expensive session. Coming back, I'm gonna get my gun. I'm gonna fucking blow your head off. And they have guns there. Don't forget. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's so, got guns. Yeah. Uh, he walks out the door, and I'm going to my friend. I'm, I'm getting my head blown off. Well, I don't know if we're gonna go surfing the ranch tonight. And my <laughs> friend's going, this, yeah. He and she goes, Arr! and then my boss is going, holy fuck, and because the guy lived down the street, and he, you know, to get the gun. No way. It's a real cow. This is real cowboy shit. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he goes, boom! Cash's car gets killed. <laughs> no shit. Done. No shit. Outside, the, I go, unbelievable. Shit. That's insane. How and, far and away from And I just went that? to my manager. What? what? Where were you? He goes, I just want to see how you'd handle that situation. Fucking I go, hell. I'm out of here. No way. And I just went, how I was going to, I, I went, I just go. I was going to get my head blown off for a rum and coke. Yeah, and yeah. And you were going to sit there and not and back me up. You're bigger than me. You saw that guy. And the guy's hat was still on the bar forever. No way. Yeah, somebody came and got it once. It's a big, really expensive Stetson hat. Shit. How far did he crash from the pub? Right outside. The, he just went bang right in the mountain right next door. He, just, right, he like drove out. Just, 200 boom. meters. Yeah. Turned yep. to go to, to pay to get his freaking thing. Bob, boom. Did, did you run up and check on the car? or what, No, did I did. Go? The cops were there. And I go, I was going... I find I just going. I can't believe that I was going to die for a rum and coke. Yeah, and no one's backing me up. No way. 
and this guy just went and died right there. Yeah, that's luckily. crazy. Luckily, fucking hell. That was, I right. mean, this is yeah, like stuff pr- you don't see in the movies. Yeah, well, mate, talking to movies, fuck, when's your movie coming out, man? Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be a three-part series, I reckon. Well, no, it's gnarly. That's <laughs> it's insane. I'll never uh, forget that. Chuck uh, Rogers, by the way, got to see you again. <laughs> Chuck Rogers at the he manager. Was a, he was the manager, yeah. but yeah. he was a good guy, but he was a tough guy. But I guess that's what you got to do to see what, you know, what kind of character you're made of. So I think I passed his test. <laughs> Oh, mate, that's mental. Uh, yeah, all right. Well, mate, okay. I'm sure there's plenty of other cool uh, party stories. Have a sip there, mate. You, okay. you, anytime I talk, that's that's your cue to have a have a sip. Well, there you have it, Fledgens. What an absolute lunatic. No, he's a, he's a great bloke, Richie Myers. And uh, hope you enjoyed that chat. And we will have part two coming up soon. Stay tuned for that. And uh, be good to your mothers and your fathers, sisters and brothers. And we'll speak to you soon. Thank mm-hmm. you.